Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of J Nola Ism. I am your host, Jasmine Nola, and we are back for part two of the Silent Speaks Volumes episode. Before we begin, I just want to give a huge shout out and thank you to everyone who listened to part one. All the messages I received were amazing. I was crying all Monday. I am so glad everyone enjoyed this episode. And part two, I think, is just as amazing. I have some great guests who really speak their mind. And I just want to say I apologize for the length, but again, I think the message is just worth it. So again, please enjoy. And I hope you learned something from part two as much as you did from part one. Okay, everybody, I have very special guest here with me. I call him my fairy godmother because when I need something, this is who I go to. Absolutely. Welcome on the Absolutely. Well, Davis, how are you? Ooh, thank you, Jasmine. I am honored to be here. And, you know, I am so proud of you for using this space as a place to have these discussions uh, at a time when we are in the heat of it. Yeah. I mean, we, we, are, we haven't even gotten over the hill yet. No. So for you to do this, I'm honored to be here and I'm very, I'm looking forward. So I'm no, thank, thank you. you. you know, I, I, was, I was going back and forth with what I was gonna do this week. I was like, I can't talk about Lisa Rana this week. I just, I can't. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel right. It, it, it doesn't it, everything seem frivolous? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. I can't. I, if I'm being honest, I, and I never miss an episode, I couldn't even watch anything. I wasn't in the mood to. So it was like, I, first I, was I, like, I just won't do I anything. Know. And then I was like, mm, that makes me no better than anyone I'm calling out on Instagram for being silent. If I have a yeah. platform that I go on every week to talk about rich white women and drinking, yeah. <laughs> like in Santa Barbara, yeah. then yeah. talk about Kyle Richards for an hour. Yeah. I can, I can do this. I, you can I do gotta this. do it. And it hits host. And let me let's be clear. You are a woman of color. Yeah. Your fiance is a man of color. color. Yeah. You have friends who are black. Your family is people of color. Yeah. This is in your own home. Yeah. So there's no way you, you can't you can't not you can't not be affected so deeply on so many levels by this. It, it's impossible. So you, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. Thank you. Um, yeah, to start, true. just because obviously no one can see us, can you just get <laughs> <laughs> your name, your age, your race, and your profession? Yes. My name is Wild Davis. I am 33 years old, and I am Look 23. Why, thank you. You got to moisturize. You got to moisturize. got to moisturize. I, um, I'm, I work in the digital social sphere and fashion. I'm senior social media manager at Great Sneakers. Um, and I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really grateful to be here to have this discussion. I have only really talked about this with, you know, really close friends and obviously this on social, but, you know, I haven't spoken about it in, in an open atmosphere like this. So it's an honor to be here. Thank you. And just your race. Tell everyone. Race. Oh, yes. I am half Middle Eastern, half Black. So yeah. I'm mixed. Yeah, yes. I'm mixed. What did you feel when you saw the video of George Floyd? <sighs> Heartbroken. Yeah. Um, the man, the, the cop had his hand in his pocket. Yes. With his knee. Anybody who knows 
what it means to have your hand in your pocket, you got to be really comfortable to have your hand in your pocket. That's a comfortable setting. That's it's just a comfortable. It's a comfortable stance. Yeah. To have your hands in your pocket. And so it is not until we all understand and we realize that George Floyd is hundreds of thousands of African Americans or people of color over decades yeah. who have been murdered. So heartbroken is the word because George Floyd is the name that has put us where we are today, but his name, just like when you go down to the 9-11 Memorial at One World Trade Center and you see the names, you could fill up those walls with African-American names as well. You could. So yeah. heartbroken would be the word that I would use to describe that. Yeah. Heartbroken. Yeah. Being in New York City, you're basically in the, the hub of it, of the protests and everything like that. Yeah. Something about this feels different. It's not yeah, it does. More, it does feel more important than the others. Yeah, That's it does not feel what different. I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's a shift here. Yeah, there's a shift. And I don't know if it's because we've all been locked up. And, (laughs) you know, I I don't know what it is. But I think everyone's had enough. We have had enough. Because we literally just lost Ahmaud and Brianna not even a month ago. And we didn't didn't get like this. You know what I mean? Yep. So. Yep. It's it, a mod, I mean, everyone is always heart wrenching, but we didn't even find that out till a month later. Well, people have always no, you're Jasmine. You're absolutely correct because we've always had distractions. Yeah, we've always had the world's always still running, and you know everything is still open, and everybody's still going about their day. But now, we everybody is home, mm-hmm. and they are able to focus. And they are able to see, and we watched as a man who did not deserve to die. None of these people deserve to die. No one deserves to die. So you mean to tell me that I need to accept that I might get a bullet in my back because I want to go out for a run and put a hood up on my head and a hoodie? Give me a break. Give me a break, man. Give me a break. I actually have that down. You posted something the other day. Yes, I did. That you went on your run. Yeah. And literally yeah. not even like, a f- and I'm not going to lie, I saw it. And I, and I was going to say something to you. And I was like, yeah. he knows. Yeah. He knows. And literally, like, I swear, I didn't even feel like it was an hour later. And if yeah. you want to explain it, because you can explain it better than I can. But for a minute, you yeah. forget. You, you do forget. And it, you forget. Yeah. 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 You forget. I mean, listen, um, I was out, I like, I've been, you know, try, obviously we've all been trying to work out during oh, COVID-19, lot of, we've all been trying, you know, it's uh, physical, acti- listen, physical activity is really important. It, it uh, is. Physical, it keeps you sane, it keeps you healthy. It, and, really and now important. we all so, have time, there's no. Excuse. And now we all have time, yeah, we, now we all have time. And I, I like to go for runs at night because there's less people out and we're all trying our best to socially distance. And I went for a run the other night and I posted, you know, so I'm in, I'm in a virtual running club. And so part of the virtual running club is that we take a picture and it just holds us accountable. Right. Yeah. Like I did this. 
Yeah, exactly. So I posted the pick. I went at night. By the way, I, night runs are very therapeutic. And my DMs were just flooded with people being like, that doesn't look safe. Please don't do that. You know, and, and listen, I understand that it all comes from a good place. Yes. But if I can't go out for a run yeah. at night without worrying that I might not make it back home alive, then we need to figure out what exactly is wrong with what's happening in our country. Yeah. Because for all the police like The issue that is I that see, I shouldn't be able to run. The issue is that I shouldn't yes. be able to run at night. Yeah, I should be able to run at night. Mind you, there were a lot of people of other races riding their bikes and out walking that night. Of course. So it's not as if I was alone, but I do understand what people are saying because I have my hood up and I'm just trying to get my sweat on and sweat out the blow. Like, I'm not trying to bother nobody. Exactly. You know? I'm just but being that is, a human. Yeah, just being a human, but that is the reality. That's the, that, that's the thing. And that's why that's I want the reality. to talk about it. Because yeah. what sucks is that you, that, that post from anyone else wouldn't have got the reaction. Yeah. Yep. There wouldn't have to have been a follow-up post. No. I literally had to post it and I told and I told everyone and I said, friends, I hear you. And 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 as as devastating as it is, they are correct. They are correct. It is it yeah. is every time I go out, every time I leave the house to go out after dark, I am risking my life. I'm risking my life. And that's whether I'm going to get an uh, an uh an aloe water from the damn store or if I want to go out for a run. If I want to wear my hood up on my hoodie. I should be able to do that and not be afraid. No. I, I should be able to do that and not be afraid. Yeah. And you, and here's the other thing too. You already, as a woman, have to be careful and have to watch yourself. Then on top of that, you as a woman of color, mm -hmm. let's got to add another layer on to that. Yeah. So what is going on? Slavery, people try to act as if slavery happened a lifetime ago. Oh yeah. Slavery just happened. Slavery in terms like of in the years 1600s. just happened. Yeah. Just, just happened yesterday. Mm -hmm. We are people generations are still healing from that. The civil right if there are people still alive from the civil so, rights movement, then that's it. how you know shit ain't dead. No, exactly. Okay? 1964 really was not that long ago. And not. so I think even someone sent me, uh, a girlfriend sent me a text message the other day and was like, did you know that Portia Williams uh, from the Real Housewives of Atlanta is out protesting? And I said, yeah, of course she is. Do you know who Portia Williams' grandfather is? Portia Williams' grand. for those who don't understand, Portia Williams' grandfather was Hosea Williams, who was a very critical part of the civil rights movement, mm -hmm. okay? I, th I believe the charity in Atlanta is Hosea Hosea Williams feeds the hungry and homeless. I believe. The, yeah, I, the name I of think the that was how she even got on Atlanta. Yeah. she had like a charity um, event. Yeah, she had a charity. So, yes, Portia's out. Portia is not just a Bravo star. Yeah, Portia comes. Portia from plays a, into a, a this. Role. I'm dumb. Um, it's, yeah, we know that Housewives. It, it's a role at this point. Come on, don't. She she she's an entertainer, but at the same time, Portia has civil rights running blood. through her blood yeah. so yes 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 yes, yes and we need to stop that's acting that's as if people can't be complex people have different parts of themselves and yes Portia Williams should be out protesting if she feels that's what how she wants to do but I'm not surprised that she's doing it because she is a legacy of a civil of a great civil rights leader yes I will say to bring in 
bravo into my podcast the one time <laughs> yeah. i've been very happy i've still i've seen a lot of comments but happy to yeah. see a lot of people speaking out i've seen a lot of the vanderpump rules people speak yeah out. yeah i saw yeah. uh lala and randall out protesting walking in la and then posting which i mean Randall has made money off of Power, a black show. So I don't understand how you're not. I'm, I'm glad to see that you're out there because you've made yeah. your money off of black actors. Um, well, we can pause right there for a minute because I think we need to talk about this really quickly. I want to be very clear when we say this. African-Americans, the black culture, the black community, we are the culture. Yep. We are the culture. We are. We are the culture. We are the music. We are the fashion. We are the slang terms. We are the TikTok dances. We are the Instagram trends. We are the sneakers. We are the companies. We are. We have built the what we what people when people talk about the culture, that is us. That's us. I mean, we, we built, built this country. So we built this country. So I, I when people there is no facet of the culture that we are not engraved in. And if you can recite two to three Nene Leaks lines, then I expect you to be able to also recite that you stand up for black rights. Thank you. And that's on God. Yeah. On God. Can, I, I mean that when I say that. If you can sing a, a Drake ly a lyric, a Lil Wayne lyric, if you can recite yes. your heart. Yes. You, yes, thank you. You don't even need to beat if in you, the background. Thank you. Thank you. Do you if I heard you say, one. Travis, thank you. Yes. Jordan's. If I heard you say, yes. If I heard you say Travis Scott straight up, then I expect you to hear you speak up for black rights when black people are killed. Because listen, we, the, I mean, racism seeps into every single part of our culture. It is not just about police brutality. Police brutality is a very crucial piece of a puzzle. It is so much deeper and it is so much, it is so much more systematic than that. Yeah. Racism exists for everybody at every level of life if you're a person of color it's happened to you in the office it's happened to me in the office it's happened to so many others in the office it's the microaggressions it's the macroaggressions it's the eye rolling it's every time you've been denied for a job it's every time somebody didn't want to look at your resume because your name was too ethnic it's every time that you didn't get approved for a loan yeah. because you had one mishap in your background it's every time that a black person got locked up for marijuana <laughs> charges yeah. taking up jail space for nothing when you've got miley cyrus out here smoking joints on stage at the oh, mtv movie award yeah. so when people can begin to really start to I, and i think people are starting to understand that this is much deeper than it's just about than just about poli police brutality is a very crucial part of the puzzle but what we are witnessing right now is people are sick and tired of being discriminated against on all levels of life yeah that's what it is i remember and i'm not afraid to say it if anyone that i work with now hears send it to my ceo but i when I went for my interview, my hair was straight because that's how I wear it yeah. most of the time. Yeah. When summer yeah. comes, it's too hot. Yeah. I can't do all that. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Well, you so can't do all that. Yeah. When I went on my interview, my hair was straight. So that's how yeah. I got fired. I wore my hair curly. Literally, the CEO of the company walked in and jumped 
Wow. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. That wasn't even the first time. I've been at that company for now three years. Last summer, that was when I was a receptionist. I moved up, make a lot more money. Yeah. Like, you know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I've worn my hair curly now multiple times. You know I changed my hair. Walked yeah. into my office. I'm, yeah. work, I'm in the middle of working. I'm not paying attention. Jasmine, did you have a fright last night? And he has an accent. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry? He's like, did you have a fright last night? And I like looked at my boss because I was like, I, I can't. And I was and like, you're like well, no. What? Yeah. He yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. your hair, it's so big. I was like, he's like, this is my natural hair. He goes, oh, okay. My poor boss, who is a white woman, and love her to death because she is amazing and an ally that I love. And she goes, yeah. I think her hair looks like amazing. She was like, she looks beautiful. Yeah. And he walked yeah. out. She was like, I am so sorry and i was like it's like it's not your fault and it's almost as if in those situations it's like we are so shocked we don't know what to say we don't know what to say because many times many times when people of color speak up in in the office or to hr or to things i'm the about only this, one of color yeah i believe it and that's the other problem there's not enough people at the seat there's not enough people sitting at the table to be able to make an impact and to be able to drive that because you know what happened to you in that you were probably you probably felt devastated deep down inside about that and then you probably felt devastated and i know it's not a woe is me or anything like that it's like i'm a light-skinned woman i have not been in school in a long time but i i really I hope that we have to teach people their history. Yes. Because of one of the biggest issues that I have found to be very true when I'm out or when I talk to people is that people don't know where they come from and they don't know who they are. No. And if we don't know our history, of who we are and where we come from. And if we don't understand, if you don't understand and if I don't understand that people, if the people are great, uh, are great leaders of the civil rights movement and before that and after that, these people were beat on, spit, put in jail and killed for fighting for our rights. If we don't know that, we can't walk with our back straight and with our head held high. Nope. Because we'll, we'll, we'll we because we won't we will think that we're in it alone. So if we know our history as people of color, if we know that the people who gave their lives for us to be able to sit on a podcast like this, then we can walk with our head high and our backs straight. Yes. But 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 we don't teach people those things anymore. I don't I don't I don't know that that's being taught in school no, in the I, way that it should. I, I don't know. I don't no. know. I don't think it is, but I don't know. No, I don't. I don't believe it is. Um, yeah. From a social media standpoint, you know. Yes. You being a social media director, what is it that brands could can be doing right now and should be doing? Hire black people. Oh. There was a denim company who released a marketing video because i know because uh, listen i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not about calling people out that's i don't like to do that i know it was I, the I really, way you stopped you don't you. Don't i'm sorry it was the I way was you like, stopped gonna, yourself think things through you thought it through <laughs> i'm good i thought it through because yeah. everybody has we don't know we don't know what it looks like today yeah and i'm not about i'm not about takedowns yeah there's 
denim company who released a marketing, uh, a video on their social media about a marketing meeting that they were having. Mm. And what I realized about that when they had, and I don't know if it was fake or real, but I'm just, it doesn't matter. Either way, it's not a good look. There was not one person of color in, at the table who was having this marketing meeting. I put it in quotes because I don't know if it was actors or the real marketing team at yeah. this denim company. But I looked at the denim company and this was a big launch. And so you're telling me that you're releasing a video of your marketing team having a brainstorm and there's nobody of color on the team? Hire black people, hire people of all ethnicities, hire people of all races, so that you can truly live and breathe what it means to actually market to these people. Yes. That's what companies can do. They can hire people of color and stop trying to sell us their stuff. Instead, let us make it. Let us make the stuff. Let us make yeah. the marketing plans. Mm-hmm. Let us make the products. Let us sew the products. Let us come up with the creative vision for the products. Virgil has been great, but it ain't enough. We need more Virgil. There shouldn't be one Virgil. Virgil, there shouldn't be one Kanye. No. We need a seat. We need a seat at the table. And until we all are represented at the table, we will never have the proper change that we need in corporate America on a race level. Wow. It's Sunday. Sorry, I went off on a, I went off no. on a tangent. I'm serious though. No, you, Listen, you have to say I, I've been, I, 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 want, I want younger people to really understand this. And I, and I realize I'm not old, but you know, I want people to really understand that there is a, it is, it's, it's in the streets and it's in the boardroom. It's in the streets and it's in the boardroom. Yeah. Racism is everywhere. Yeah. Racism is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Wow. Oof. I feel like I got another sermon. I watched church this morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really, no, I really, I can't. I no. can't. Listen, can't. the honesty is what we need yeah. to wrap this up. I mean, I know this is, this is a hard question for me to even ask. How and what does it feel like to be a black man in America? Mm. Because even as a black woman, I, I don't know. It's still, a, it's a totally different level. It's a, yeah, yeah, we both yeah, go through yeah. such different things. I can't. I... Let me say this. Um, I was, I have been, I've been very fortunate in my life to have family and a mother and a father who gave me a good life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to good schools and I was lucky enough to get access to, you know, proper education. And I was, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, my family really provided me with the tools that I needed to be successful in life. But what I will say is, is that there is no, there's no black man of any status of any socioeconomic background that I have ever met or come into contact to everybody. We all have been profiled. We all have been profiled to be a black man in America is to be a scapegoat. To be a black man in America is to be a fake enemy. We've been positioned to be an enemy, but we're not the enemy. No. We're not the enemy. We are your friends. We love everybody and we are the people. So to be a black man in America is not easy. It is not easy. So I can only imagine what it has been like for my brothers who have been out there who have uh, dealt with worse circumstances growing up than I did. Yeah. I don't know. There's no words to really describe it. It is, yeah. It's really not fair. 
It's not fair. And to be a black man in America means you've got to work three times as hard, four times as hard, five times as hard to make sure that you don't get trapped into the prison system. Yep. Because once they get you, it's very hard to get out of that if you don't have proper resources. Yeah. To be a black man in America means that you have to take extra precautions when you walk out of the home or when you go to do ordinary things. You, you have to think twice. You have to look over your shoulder everywhere you go. Yep. To, be a, to be a black man in America means that, that I can't sometimes feel like I can really want to be myself because God forbid what someone might think about me. To be a black man in America is to start a new job on a senior level and go into meetings and know that there are some people who are not going to respect you at the, in your company. And I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about everybody. Yeah. Everybody. So to be a black man in America is so tough and so difficult because it is systematically built against you. So you have to, you have to really, you have to really work so hard. So to be a black man in America is not easy and it is not fun and it should be fun because this is the land of the free. Thank you. Yeah. I can't wait till you write a book one day. Oh, thank you, Jasmine. Thank you for having me, Jasmine. And thank you for, um, I know you've been on these, doing these interviews all day long. And I know that this is not easy. So I want to say thank you for having me and thank you for opening up the discussion. And thank you for, you know, using your platform as a way to keep the conversation going. Because what people need to understand is that this conversation doesn't end at Sunday midnight. Nope. This conversation, the, the revolution has begun. And we want, we want change and people couldn't accept, if you couldn't accept Colin Kaepernick kneeling, uh, excuse me if I'm not saying his name correctly, we, we, we've protested peacefully before and we will continue and we will continue, yeah, yeah, we will, we will continue to protest peacefully, but we've, we've been doing that. That was so disrespectful to you. And and they didn't like it then. So that was disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. It was disrespectful. So I don't know what people want. Uh, but I'll tell you this, they're going to wake up today. So thank you for opening. Thank you for opening up your platform and doing this. I'm so proud of you. Hi Chantel. Hello. Uh, For everyone to know, this is Chantel's second time on the podcast. I think I know exactly the name of your podcast because one of my favorite names of like one of the my favorite podcast names, keep the same energy. So if you want to yeah. listen to hers, definitely well, go listen to And then I had posted it and I was like, when wine meets tea or something like that, you're what? like, yo, that should have been the name. That should have been it. It was so good. Um, so this is her second time on. So for the 800th time, thank <laughs> you for doing this. Thank you for no coming problem. on. Um, if you could just tell everyone name, age, profession, and race. Okay. So my name is Chantel. Um, I am 28. Yes, 28. Um, I'm Asian and I'm an accountant, of course. That's like, <laughs> like good at math, but accounting- as soon as you said it, you were like, here we go. <laughs> People could have just guessed it at this point. <laughs> okay. So I've been asking everyone just to start off. What was the first thing I guess you felt when you first saw the video of George Floyd? Um, 
I know it's hard. It doesn't need to be one word because everyone's like, there's not one word. No, there's definitely not one word to describe it. No. There's a, like a number of emotions. So I guess one of the thoughts that came to mind was the fact, like, just like, this is happening again. And yeah. it's weird because it's almost like it's semi-normalized. And when I say that, I mean, not that like you watch a video like that, you're like, oh, whatever, it's just another thing. But more so like, you're not as shocked. You're almost kind of just like, this is happening again, but like, why? And then it's almost like, okay, so that means it's gonna, like, then you just think, when is it gonna happen again? Because it just keeps happening. Um, But also the sad part is like, you don't know how many of these incidences are happening that aren't being recorded, that aren't being talked about, that aren't being, you know, just put out there in the media. Um, I mean, what was it? What was his name? The runner, was it a mod? Yeah, how like it was almost a month and a half later, maybe two months where that all came to light all of a sudden. And it was just like, wow, like, why is this? Why? But yet when someone sits here and goes to a school and has a gun, it's almost like it's on the news right away. And what are they doing? Walking away peacefully. But just to get back to like um, George Floyd, like when I saw that, it was just like, what what in your mind makes you want to literally ignore someone who can't breathe anymore? I mean, you have to be like really heartless and to like, because one of my biggest fears is dying a slow death. And that is a slow death. You know what I mean? Like that was, what did they say? Nine minutes of him just being on the neck. Um, like I can't even imagine the pain I can't imagine what George Floyd was thinking like literally as soon as he was um, being encountered by these cops but then I can't even also imagine like the thought process of the cop himself and I don't want to imagine that I don't want to think about it because that's a really heartless and just soulless and just yeah person like you can't you cannot if I had anybody in (laughs) my circle if I had anybody in my company like that like I can't even imagine being in the same room with them and not being pissed at them and just look at them with disgust and just look being like look you gotta stay away from me yeah. like there's gonna be problems and it's not gonna be pretty for you like yeah no it also the fact that you bring that up makes me think like who are his friends and I wonder what they're posting right now like are you posting saying but well, he's done this for me and, you know, for me. I, I didn't think about that till you said that like, yeah. wonder, I know I think they said his wife filed for divorce wow I, think, I mean it's deservingly like but um I, I would like to see what his friends are coming out and saying people that know him very well his neighbors mm-hmm. um of what type of person he is outside of that. Not that it matters, but I'm just intrigued. Like, I mean, yes, I, I, you want to, you want to know that because a lot of these people who have, you know, again, brought, shot up these schools and all, they always say, oh my gosh, he was such a good kid. I never would have thought. Never would have thought he would have done that. And then like, yeah, I just, that's an interesting point because again, you, what is that saying? Like you are, your company or something like that or yeah some you are who you You are the company that you keep yeah Yeah, there it is yeah um so again I can't even imagine having someone like that in my circle but then if you don't think it's wrong then it's almost like it's like oh well okay cool right that's then there there's my answer right that's the thing um 
so I have three questions here for you. My first one, mm-hmm. I mean, that really was my first one, but we won't. but my specific questions for you you know you are asian so what is it that you think you can do with you because i mean you're still a minority so you you still don't have that you don't have the white privilege Mm -hmm. but you also aren't black so i guess what are you doing with your voice do you think or what can you do so just to kind of like, I guess, backtrack. Um, I was scared to speak up before. And I think that's because, and this is still a fear I have just for my future, for people to tell me, you don't know what it's like, or people to tell me like, you can't relate. How can you talk about something that you have no idea what, like, and never experienced it, which that was my biggest fear for the longest time. And that's still my biggest fear when it comes to me marrying a black person, um, because I will be marrying a black person. I know that. (laughs) Um, I'm going to have black kids. I'm going to have a black husband. Like, it's just going to be a part of my life. And I always fear that my kids are gonna be like, you know, mommy, you don't know what it's like to be black. And I, I'm going to be like, you're right. Like, yeah, like I can't one, argue with you. <laughs> yeah. The one time in your life you're going to be right. But um, <laughs> basically going back, like, yeah, I was afraid to kind of just speak up because again, I just, I don't like the feeling of someone telling me like, you don't know what it's like, or I don't like, um, because it's true. I may have experienced it like with my ex a couple times where we were being profiled and we've been stopped. Um, but obviously the attack was mainly on him. Like it wasn't on me. Yes. Um, so, but just to be in that environment, it's, weird because like I'm originally from California and I don't know maybe I live in this like very utopian world but Mm -hmm. I never saw anything like this growing up so um for seeing it out here primarily like on the east coast was kind of like a huge like shock to me um because I didn't think I thought racism was like in the past like as dumb as that may sound like I really thought that that was like that doesn't sound dumb at all that sounds how I think a lot of people feel Right. Um, like, I really thought it was still a part of history. Like, I, I, again, that sounds really dumb, but I just wasn't, like, privy to it at all. Um, yeah. But as far as, like, my voice, I think now, like, if you're not saying something, that says something. And so, like... The silence speak volumes. Yeah. Like, if you're not sitting here saying your opinion or saying, like, how you feel about stuff, like, yeah, it's kind of like, again, everyone is doing, but that's the point. We're supposed to show everybody, specifically Black people, that you are on their side and you're not sitting here taking this as if, like, it's not, oh, it's not me, whatever. It's not me. It's not affecting me. Yeah, but when it does end up being you, then what? Like, you know, there. I think there was, like, this whole thing about like Asians feeling attacked because of the whole Corona thing. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, before that they weren't caring about anything that was happening with black lives. But then when that affected them with the Corona, they were like, well, why are you doing this to us? It's like, Hmm, does this, does this song sound familiar? Because now it's replaying, but just in your language, like it, it just, you know, I don't, I, I don't think it's right to have the attitude like, Oh, it's not me because it'll be you if you have that attitude and you just don't know when, but it will happen. Um, so I think it's important just to make sure you're talking to, you know, I have a lot of colored friends. I have a lot of friends who are minorities. Like it's, I barely have any white friends. I like, I can count them on one hand maybe, but, um, all that to say, like just talking to them and checking up on them. If they don't want to talk about it, they don't want to talk about it. But, um, 
I'm really just using your vo- using my voice to kind of just be there for somebody and just um, make it known that this I do have an issue with this because I don't have an issue with uh, all lives like or black lives in particular at this moment you know what I mean like I cherish every single person I they're still human human is not a color so like why are we treating people different if we're all humans it just doesn't make any sense so simple yet so hard like and it's like it's crazy to think that people I guess could potentially be threatened but like what are you threatened about like what are you threatened about somebody walking in the park what are you threatened about somebody just minding their own business? Like, just because they're in your space, like your space of like a hundred yards and you're like, oh, hello, hey, I'm in distress. Like somebody's across the way, like. And I feel scared. Yeah, you feel scared because what? Um, so you actually, I, this was actually one of my questions and you brought it up. You have mostly black friends. Mm-hmm. You have dated black guys and you want to marry a black man. What do you think, and I know there's no right answer here, but like, what can you do to support in something like this mm-hmm. during this time? What could you do to support your black friends? Um, like I said, basically just, you know, checking on them really. Um, some people don't want to talk about it, which you have to respect. Um, some people, you know, just want to make sure that like, just know that, just let them know that you stand by their side and you're not sitting here sitting back doing nothing like actually um Lexi actually texted this in our group chat um a couple days ago and she's like you know I really appreciate that Sean is using um is actually speaking up about this um just someone who is obviously not black and just making it known that I care because I do like again before it was hard for me to talk about it because I don't like being told well you don't know what it's like so why are you even you know sitting here and I I and I probably thought that of myself because that thought came across for me for somebody else who was talking about it who wasn't black so and you didn't want you were like I don't want to sound like this person right yeah Yeah. and when you think about it you're like well that's silly like why would just make it known that like you you know, like, you don't want to seem like, oh, I had no idea. Like, again, it's hard to, like, not know what, how things are going. But then again, some people have cut themselves off of social media. But trying to, just going back to your question, um, yeah, basically just talking about it. Like, if they want to talk about it, if, you know, they don't, then that's fine. But just making yeah. it known, like, you know, I'm here for you. Um, yeah. Because, uh one of my best friends, she's in California and she has a son and a daughter. And so it, especially for the son, like I, he's still very young, but it's crazy how you have to have these conversations so young with your son. Um, as simple as making sure you don't wear a hood, making sure that you don't have anything that's gonna make you look suspicious. Like, it's crazy to think like, again, the white privilege is I can walk outside and not have to worry about anyone thinking like, oh, well, she's getting to some trouble today. No, like they're literally mining, like leaving me alone, minding their business, but they can't do the same for somebody if they were black. Um, and that they have to teach people that or teach the younger kids that so, so young. Like it's, it's, it's crazy to me because I'm gonna have to be that person. I'm gonna have to be the mom that has that conversation. But then again, 
my husband telling me like, mm, I don't know if you can have this conversation. I think it needs to be me who has to have it, but you can be there. You know what I mean? But I have to speak it from experience. Um, but yeah, that's really it. I think just being vocal and just talking to your friends, making sure that they know not in, not, and not even in a, Oh, Hey, I'm aware of your issues. Oh, Hey, this, it's more so just like, Hey guys, I know this is happening. I'm aware that this is what's going on. Um, you know, I stand with you guys. I know that all lives don't matter until black lives matter because it's because the all lives matter to me sounds like, what about me? What about me? Nobody cares about you. Karen, Becky, Sally, like if you're not caring about like the black yeah. people here who have literally at this point just become hashtags and the hashtags aren't even, haven't even touched who else has been affected by this. Exactly. So well, like that example of, would you go to a breast cancer awareness walk and scream, all cancer matters. Like, it's like, sometimes you have to bring it home for them because they're like, right. blah, 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 because they always come back with points. So it's like, let me break it down to something you understand. Let me come down to your level, your mindset. Right. right. And it's like, would you go to an autism right. awareness walk and be like, well, breast cancer matters or exactly. this matters or no, because that's not what this is about. This I is think what bothers, like, this is kind of probably going to cut some people deep but <laughs> um <laughs> i think what bothers me the most not the most because that's kind of a stretch i think what bothers me sometimes when when the response to um you know slavery is still continuing racism is still going on and people talk about the holocaust and it didn't even also i love to point this out that didn't even happen in america yeah so obviously like it it's i get it i get why the people are bringing that up mm -hmm. but why if you're okay now is it still being brought up like so i i don't like the comment i don't like when it's like the whole the concept is what about me what about me and it's really just like again for lack of better words who cares about you right now like literally it's about it's not about you right like stand up for something else besides yourself like our you know purpose in life is to you know do stuff for other people and just like really just serve a purpose in life so if your purpose in life is really just to be all about you like you're gonna live a very unhappy life and it's it's not gonna look good for you because it again karma comes back in full circle so when you don't care about something right now later on in life it's going to affect you in a way that you're going to look back and be like wow yeah what about me and now it is me you know yeah well the thing is that i think is it's always and listen we all have that feeling of me 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 we we all have it once in a blue moon but it's like for something like this mm -hmm. you gotta step outside yourself and you have to see the bigger picture mm -hmm. and whether that means you not being silent or if you want to be silent but you're out doing you're out protesting or you're educating yourself i think the point is is like you have to do something there yeah. has to be something that you're willing to try and make a difference because right. we're all a part of this and that's why people are like it's not just a black people problem this is everybody's problem this is an issue if you're watching these videos with no emotion that says so much about where you stand where you yeah, have to see it. Yourself. 
it's very evident of where you stand with everything that's going on. Um, and like you said, with people, with um, even white people standing next to or behind or in front of minorities, like it's really a racism versus people thing. Like it's not, it's not white or black. Obviously, the obvious or just like the more um, or how this battle is being described as is white versus black because it don't, that those are the main people involved, but it's really just like everybody versus yeah. just the racist people because people yeah and that's what it is everyone needs to come together yeah if you don't if you don't believe in those things mm -hmm. you have to come to you have to pick a side basically and it's like that saying like if you stand for nothing you'll fall for anything like you you can't teeter-totter on the fence you, you gotta pick a side right yeah. and i think that's something everyone um needs to do which yeah. A lot of people are, and I can say, like, and I've said this before, I, I do see more people speaking out than I ever have before, and that makes me happy, and we're, it's not a huge, it's not a huge leap forward, but it's something, and we gotta, congrat, like, we gotta acknowledge the little things, because they still mean something. Right. Um, so but, like, is the same effort counted if they're just looking for... The thank you. Yeah. I guess the thank you or like the clout or like, you know, that hey, I did the right thing. Yeah. I right. Yeah. Like how it's hard to kind of like depict which one is actual genuine, you know, we care for you or like the ones like, well, I have to do this. So let me, you know, yeah. say something. I think the difference is, and I know people are like, just cause I don't post doesn't mean anything. And you're right. You say that about your personal life. Don't say that about issues that are going on in the world. Like, I don't care if you dating Joe, Mo, and Larry. Like, it doesn't. And I, get, and I get both parts. And it's like, okay, if you're not posting, but then what are you doing? If you don't feel comfortable posting and that's not what you do, show me what you're doing. Yeah. If I'm talking to you and it feels like you're not educated, then... Or not even caring. Like, you don't have to be educated. Like, because if you're not educated about the situation, cool. Listen to me. Act like you yes. care about it. If you're not listening, if you're going to stay here and just scroll on your phone and be like, oh, wait, what did you say? Excuse me? Like, were yeah. you not listening to what I was saying? Because this is an actual real thing. Like, And I've even, like, for myself, the privilege that I've had as just a light-skinned woman, I've realized that I also have a duty. And as you said, you were like, I don't have a lot of white friends. I do. I think for me personally, I have more white friends than I do black friends. Mm -hmm. And I need, I have a duty. Yeah. And I should, my race is important. And I should talk about that more with you. If you're my friend, we should be able to have that. And I remember one time I was talking to someone in college mm -hmm. and it was um, when Trump was running and all that stuff. And we were talking and she we were talking about the issues that were important to us. Mm -hmm. And I had just named a few. And she goes, she's like, well, those are all social issues. So I was like, yeah. I was like, social issues are important to me. She's like, yeah, but what about economic, economical ones? And I was like, I was like, well, I'm a woman and I'm black. I was like, well, so I'm a walking social issue. Like, for me, social issue, like my life, right. my freedom. Yeah. It tops money. Right. But then also as a woman in a minority, you also suffer economically. So <laughs> either way, I'm 
I'm screwed either way because if I don't stand up for myself socially, economically, I'm going to suffer regardless. Either way, I'm paid less. Right. I'm paid less because I'm a woman and then I'm paid less than a white woman because I'm black. Right. Exactly. So, like, come on. So it's like, I think, and again, it's not, it's also, and I've said this again, it starts at home. And there are things that you just, you're ignorant to because of the way you were brought up. You have to try and do more and educate and you have to try to educate yourself if you claim i'm not like this that's another thing you can't just say it you have to be it i think that's another thing a lot of people say like no but that's not me and like i totally get it and this this and this and that but then like a year later when we're talking about it and it seems like you're still in the same mindset as before and you haven't really moved forward then like do do you really care right right or you just tell me what i want to hear that's that's the hard the hardest thing to differentiate I think which sucks but I think you'll really like like you said you'll know you'll You'll know when somebody is sitting here being genuine you'll know if someone is sitting here like actually the older we get when we were younger and I can even say like me at this age watching this specific time happen I'm Mm -hmm. able to see the difference yeah then honestly maybe even last month Literally, I'm, I'm a month wiser because even with like Ahmad or Brianna Taylor, like maybe you weren't posting and it wasn't, I didn't really notice or it didn't affect me. But I said this, this time just some, there's something different. Yeah. And, and there's a shift and something's happening here where I'm noticing a whole lot of things and truths are being put out there. Right. It, whether it's silent, whether you're saying something or you're not. Everything mm-hmm. very telling. Yeah. Where you stand right now. Right. And my thing is, if you are silent and you do stand, then it sucks I have to put you in the category of people that might be bad, but by you not saying anything, you're only making it worse. Yeah. Which is crazy. And I get it. Like, I feel like, I know people are scared. I was scared to do this. Like, I, and I think that's another thing. Also, some people don't know what to say. Yeah. And I get that part too. Right. But I think we're to the point where we can't not say anything. You can't just ignore it. Like, it's hard to kind of just brush it on the rug. Like, we have a big old elephant under our rug now. (laughs) A big old pink elephant. At this point, we can't see the TV. We can't see, like, you know, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're just pretending like we don't see something. We're going to move to a different room? Like, no. No, Just address it. Right. Exactly. Um, So, because you said that you, you know, you feel if someone is like, am I saying the right thing? Or, or, and you were scared, which most likely almost everyone I've had come on and said, like, I was so scared. I didn't know if I wanted to do this. Right. Why did you want to come on today and record this and say what you want to say? Um, just because I feel like just now is, I don't know why, but like you said, there was almost like a shift. Mm-hmm. just like really feeling like now is the time to really just speak up like we are in 2020 we are in the middle of a pandemic and yet not only do people have to worry about the pandemic but they also now just have to worry about just like walking around like I can't even imagine being black and wearing a mask and you just look suspicious like but you're really just trying to go walk into Walmart you're trying to walk into Costco you're trying to walk into Target like yeah and people are literally sitting here thinking like oh we better we better watch out hey sue do you see you know blah blah blah. like no yeah. but i think just i guess just talking about it 
make mm-hmm. would make me more like getting on here talking about it makes me more comfortable with just talking about it like you said it's an uncomfortable topic like I told you it was hard for me to even just talk just because again I don't like feeling like oh you don't you have no idea but I think just making it known that I'm here I'm in the present I'm in I'm in the now um I'm not a huge news person I don't turn on TV to watch the news um that's just not the kind of person I am. So the, a lot of the, um, a lot of the information I get is from social media. But then again, once I see on social media, I'm like, hmm, let me go ahead and research it now and kind of just like look at different platforms, see what they're saying. So yeah, I think it's 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 just time for me to be more educated on this. I think like it's a little late. Like I'm about thirty, yeah. but like I think <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is endless. I mean, like better late than never because you know what? And I think. I could be more educated. Like, you know what I mean? Like we all could. And I th- that's the other thing. We can't make people feel bad. Mm-hmm. That's another, like, that's the flip side of it. It's like, if someone is trying, you kind of can't be like, well, what? You don't know. Right. And I always used to be someone that said like, it's not my job to educate you. Right. It, and it's, it, it, the, the topic, is, the, that statement is still true. Right. But if you are coming to me, making it known that you are trying mm-hmm. and you want to do better and you, but you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I am more than open to have a conversation right. with you that we both learn. Right. Because again, I don't know everything. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you so much. No problem. This was fantastic. I feel great talking about it. Like I do too. And I'm so glad that you decided to come on and you know what I'm saying? use your voice. God's too. It's it's the little it's the little things that it's the little things and it could make a little thing sometimes little things make a huge impact. Right. A huge yeah. difference. Um so whatever Asian is listening out there that feels like they can't talk about it, you can talk about it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Chantal. Next guest and I know Trey through Robbie, but I think Trey loves me more. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, we know this. We don't need to go <laughs> into it. Okay. All right, so can you just give me your name, your race, your age, and your profession? Uh, my name is Trey. I'm black. Uh, I'm a strength and conditioning coach at the University of my, uh, Hawaii. Um, yeah, so your glad race. to be on here. Did you give your age and your race? Oh, oh, age. I'm 27. <laughs> and your race? I'm black. <laughs> black. They can't see you, Trey. Okay. Um, so obviously my first question is um how did you feel when you saw the video of george floyd um so honestly yeah honestly i didn't watch the whole thing i didn't i might watch 10 to 15 seconds of it Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i already knew what it was about so like it's weird being in hawaii because i'm six hours behind yeah so when i get up and I look at my phone and get on social media, that's the first thing I see and everybody's talking about it. And you know, yeah. I'm not really a big person on like negativity. So like with me, if it's all just negative, I'll just put my phone down and be like, look, I can't deal with it right now. Yeah. But when I saw it, I didn't really have any emotion at first. Mm-hmm. I think it was because like, it was more like, oh, here we go again. Like same thing, 
boom, boom, boom. So I wasn't really surprised. And also, with me as a person, I, I hide my emotions very well. Yeah. So if, 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 I'm don't, if I don't want to feel sad or feel this type of way, I just, whatever that issue is, I'll just put it in the corner and be like, look, I'll deal with it later. And that's kind of what I did with this situation at first. And uh, it took me a while to actually come to, and like, come to face with it. And when I, and when I did, um, it hit me quite a bit. I was speechless for a couple of days. Um, I didn't really want to talk to anybody. Um, I was hurt. I was angry. Yeah. Um, and I still am. But uh, during, definitely during a time like this, being far away from home, seeing that video made me want to be closer to home like being close to my friends and my family. Yeah. And uh, so, but being here, I'm just trying to take it one day at a time, honestly. No, I understand that. Um, I guess being in Hawaii, do you have any close, like black friends or even like friends of color that you could discuss this with? So honestly, I'm, I met one friend of color he's a uh, Dominican and black okay. but we met like maybe two weeks ago mm. so but right at home now my friends are either um white or they're Polynesian so I guess they count too but there's some um, minorities but no I know I know what you mean yeah yeah um have you heard anything from them no um no not really uh my friend Will which is the Dominican and black one um he posts on social media and you know he's protesting and stuff like that um, but I think right now, everybody's trying to, like, here is different. Like, the vibe is different. Everybody want to be peaceful. Yeah. And I think everybody's trying to avoid that confrontation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even at work, it's like, I'm cool with all the guys I work with. Like, nothing but love for them. But we still haven't talked about the situation. And I think maybe with me being the only black guy on staff, it's like they don't want to say the wrong thing and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Um, how are the protests there? Oh, uh, it's peaceful. Yeah. Um, I think we have about two or three over the weekend. Uh, and, you know, people go out there with their masks and signs. Um, yeah, so they just walk in, like, Waikiki, where the tourist spot is, mm-hmm. and chant and stuff like that. But it's very peaceful. Like, the cops are barely out there and stuff like that. So so it's very different from what we're seeing here. Oh, yeah, very different. Yeah. Hawaii is different in general. Yeah. No, yeah, I know you say that. All the- <laughs> you always say that. Um, um, so I do have a question for you. You... You're in Hawaii now. Yes. What is home for you? Like, what what area is home? Uh, Yorktown, Virginia. And then you went to school in Virginia. Yep. And then after Virginia, you were in was that Mississippi? So no, I was in South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. So <laughs> those three, those are three kind of different places. Yeah. Yeah. And even with race. So being yep. a black man living in those three different areas, I'm trying to think how to word this. Like, how do I guess do you carry yourself differently? Like the way you are in Hawaii, were you that same person in South Carolina and Virginia? Um, I would say that makes sense. Not, not, yeah, yeah, not necessarily. Um, when I go back home to Virginia, I'm really, I'm really like cautious. I'm uh, like every time I go out, I always watch my surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, I live in a, I was born, I was raised in a predominantly white area, so okay. you know I get you going to Walmart and stuff, you get stared at all the time. But yeah. we just so used to it. Um, but yeah, going home, I'm really I'm just careful. Um, if I get pulled over, 
I know I'm going to get about three other cop cars going there too. It happened before. Um, and then South Carolina, it's crazy because I wasn't really exposed to like racial, like racial profiling and uh, racism in Virginia. Mm-hmm. But, uh, being a predominantly white area, it just doesn't come to your mind like, hey, like, this could happen. You know what I mean? And I was pretty well liked back home. So I never really thought about it. But when I went to South Carolina, it happened. I got racially profiled before. And, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Living in South Carolina, it definitely made me feel some type of way towards white people at one moment. Yeah. What, uh, what did you feel, if you don't mind sharing? Um, you know, I was pretty much angry. Like, it is, like, the scene a white person getting involved with like me and my friends and like try to be involved with us, it would just like trigger me. And that's because I always think about like what happened to me at getting racially profiled at a bar mm-hmm. or like all the times at back home and stuff like that. And it would just trigger me because they, they feel like they're always accepted into any, like they just have that privilege, like want to join in a conversation where they're not invited or yeah. like try to be buddy buddy and stuff like that. And no, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah. So, and it, I mean, in some cases, pretty much, I would say some of the cases was wrong on my on my part. But it was but, like how you felt based off. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the past, you've been yeah. in in the past. Yeah, I feel I that. Never, I never really truly experienced being racially profiled until I went to South Carolina. And then when I felt that, it definitely changed my, not my whole view, but a little bit on white people. Um, I didn't trust people, definitely mm-hmm. white people. I was really more like, even going to work, um, at University of South Carolina, I was really more staying office towards white people. Um, I'm, I, I, and I'm really quiet. Like, I'm a type of person where I have to trust you for me to talk. Yeah. And white people, it's even, it's even harder for me to go out my way and start a conversation or, or yeah. open up. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, no, I get that. And, uh, they, and like, Mississippi, uh, yeah, that's, that's a, yeah. <laughs> um, I can talk about that too. So, um, have you ever been pulled over? Yeah. Before? Yeah. Have they ever gotten bad? No, it never got to the point where I feared for my life. Um, it was only one instant. I think it was in high school, maybe. High school or I might have been a freshman or sophomore in college. I came back home and it was James, uh, my best friend. He was in the passenger seat and I, it was somebody else in the, in the back seat. And we were just hanging out, and a cop saw us and, like, uh, made a U-turn to come over and, like, pulled us over mm-hmm. and talked to us. He came to the car, asked for our license and stuff, asked what we were doing. And then uh, next thing you know, we got two other cop cars coming, and they kind of, like, boxed us in. So it was mm-hmm. a car pulled up in front, and you know how, like, every cop car got that bright-ass flashlight? And they, yeah. they flashed that light inside the car, right in our eyes. So we're pretty much just looking down because we can't see. Yeah. And then you got another cop on the passenger side, like uh, putting his flashlight on the car, just making it seem real suspicious. So we're just sitting there being still and everything, but everything turned out fine. They gave us a license back and they just told us we had to leave. Um, were you, which I, I'm going to assume you were because you're a black man, but were you taught how to handle those situations? Uh. Not necessarily. My mom always, my mom was always the type of, like, she would be like, watch your surroundings. Um, but she never really sat down at one-on-one and said, hey, if you get pulled over, say this or do this. 
Um, but my mom always was like, be respectful. Mm-hmm. Always look, look them in the eyes and stuff like that. So my mom, she was, she was a military woman. So it's all she taught with discipline. That's her main thing. So. Yeah. So you, it, yeah, it, yeah. you knew to be respectful no matter what, no matter who. Yeah. It's always a time and a place. So it clicked. Yeah. Um, for you personally, and now you've lived in all these different places. If you can, in the best way, sum it up, I'm sure it's not easy, but like, what does it feel like to be a black man in America? Um, I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I would say it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. It's like, even, even in my job feels like if you hear, if I'm interning or being a graduate assistant or whatever, and I got, I'm working with two other white interns or graduate assistants, I know when I come in, I got to work 10 times as hard and impress the other coaches. Yeah. Just so, just, and I just feel like this might be just my opinion, but whatever. I feel like I got to work harder just so I could impress them more than the white, the two white dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I can't just go in there and act the way I act with my friends or with my family. I got to go in there and act a certain way. And I'm not the one that's that, that fake it till you make it shit. I ain't with all that, but I'm also going to do what I have to do to make sure I be successful. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if, if that me coming in and doing my job and not me talking to you, cause I feel like you're a bad person, I'll do it. But yeah. I'm gonna make sure if you tell me to do something, I'm gonna do it and be respectful. Because yeah. I'm trying to get somewhere in life. So, and I mean, even as a black man outside of the work field, just walking around, going to like, going out, bars, clubs, I always feel like I gotta watch my back. I'm always paranoid. Um, I mean, from experience, dating, I dated a white girl before and we would go in the stores and we would get stared at. Yeah. And I would notice it, but she would never notice it. Yeah. And I'm just, and so and it's always like that. And, and the crazy thing about it, what I learned is that, you know, racism, you all, if you think of racism, you predominantly think the South. It's not like that at all. Yeah. Racism happens everywhere, even in New England states, Massachusetts. Yeah. Places never think they could be the most racist. So, uh, I, one word I would define that being a black man in America, a struggle. Um, but I mean, I, I love being black. It, it, it makes, it makes you work harder. I mean, it yeah. makes you stronger and yeah. I love it. So, I mean, being white, I mean, you got it easy as some, as in most circumstances, but that's not going to help you out later on in life as an adult. No. So, yeah. No, I agree with that. I would rather be black than I would come back black every time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm proud. Um, so oh, I'm trying to think how to word this. So you said you've dated a black, a white woman. Yep. Have you dated a, a black woman? Yeah. What would you say is the difference just from a, I guess, an understanding point? Like, let's say if you were dating Okay, no, I know what I want to ask you. If you were dating a white woman, which you have, and something like this happens, what is the conversation that you're having? Um, so, 
So the last white girl I dated, she was very, she was very understanding with like racism, everything, inequality, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And we recently talked. She uh she reached out to me and everything, and you know she's more of a listener. So she'll ask me if I'm doing okay, mm -hmm. and like I said, if I'm comfortable with you, I'll vent to you. Yeah. Um, so if it's me just talking about how I feel and and situations and stuff, she'll sit down and just listen. Mm -hmm. and, you know, if I need to cry, I'll cry, and she'll sit there and listen. Um, mm -hmm. So with her, it was a lot easier. Um, so that's pretty much how our conversations went. If I ever had a problem with being racially profiled or this situation or seeing things that happened before in the media, she would just sit down and listen and make sure I was okay and needed to get out what I needed to get out. Yeah. So. What? Was it an easy conversation to have? With her, yes. Yeah, with her, yes. Because I know she's not going to judge it. Mm-hmm. No matter what, so I could say, you know, F, you know, you know what I'm saying? But she's not going to be like, oh, no, nah, no, nah, we're not doing that. Like personally, she's, she's not going to take it personally. Yeah. She's not going to take it personally. So, you know, and I, I told her, like, and, like she been, and I know her since my South Carolina days, so she know how I feel when I was yeah. racially profiled and stuff like that. So, um, and she always been very understanding. So, yeah, it, but her, it, it's easy. But anybody else, nah. Yeah. I'll let them, I'll let them see, see their opinion on it. And then I probably still won't say nothing, but I listen to them to a certain okay. extent. No, I get that. Um, so before we started recording, you had said you were, you were going to back out. Like you weren't yeah. sure if you, you weren't too sure if you wanted to do this. So can I ask why you did? Cause you DM'd me. Yeah. Like, I didn't ask um, you, you asked me. So what was that first initial thing that made you want to, and then what changed? All right, well, I'm going to be honest. So I always talked about being on this podcast, you know, <laughs> maybe about 50% 50, 50 serious, 50% joking. Yeah. And I didn't really realize, like, what the podcast was going to be about when I DM'd you until afterwards. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then afterwards, I was, like, I was like, man, she is really excited about me being on here. This is this is not right. And I was like, man, this is gonna be about it. what's going on. And during that time, it was where like this this, this whole situation. I never, I can never find the words to explain how I feel. Mm -hmm. Pretty much speechless during this whole thing. And um, so yeah. And then one night, I, and once I realized what we were gonna talk about, I listened to your podcast. And that night, I was just laying there, and I was like, man. I don't know if I can sit on a podcast and actually express how I feel. Yeah. You know, I have always had trouble expressing my feelings and my emotion. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, all right, now I, I'm always the type of guy that I feel like my purpose in life is to make a change either in somebody's life or whatever. So like me not doing it, what am I doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm discrediting myself for not going on here and actually trying to express myself. And honestly, that conversation with myself is what changed my mind. And I was like, you got all these people out here talking about how they feel and protesting. You can't really protest. Like, I wish I was back home so I could protest. Yeah. So do some notes mm -hmm. that make a difference. So that's, that's what brought me on here. Yeah, well, I'm glad it brought you on. 
Um, is there anything you like wanted to say that you didn't get to say? Or what um, you're feeling or any last words? I mean, not, nah, I mean, honestly, I'm proud of how we're handling it and going yeah. about it. Um, I think we're doing a good job. I think, um, I don't really know if anything's going to change. I hope it does, but I don't really know. I mean, 400 years, that's a long time. And history repeats itself over and over and over. Yeah. So I think we just need to prepare ourselves and continue to come up with ideas of how we could go about it and keep improving it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, right or not, it go, it, the pain never gonna go away. It's, mm -hmm. it's not. And for people that don't understand, like, I can tell you right now, for people that have ever been racially profiled, that does not go away, no matter what. You can forgive or whatever. But when stuff like this comes, like happens over and over again, the flashbacks come back, the pain of that happening, how you felt, that uncomfortable, unwanted feeling comes back. And I think most of the time that's what happened with, like, for me, like, that pain, that all that came back and I just, like, shut down. Yeah, you know, what I mean, I didn't know what to say. I was speechless. Um, so like, it will always be people that don't understand because racially profile never happened to them, or they never got put in an uncomfortable situation. Um, but I definitely appreciate the people that are actually doing something about it. That's like that's not black or a minority. Mm -hmm. um, they're doing something about it, but I just hope you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, like it's not a trend. Yeah, it's not a trend. Like this is nothing. This is not a joke. Nothing to play around with. It's our lives. Um, people, yeah, people have definitely been impacted by this in a negative way, and they're gonna haunt them for the rest of their life. My mom, my mom, I talked to my mom yesterday, and she's still feeling it. And she told me a story. She was like, when she was younger, she went to a diner with her mom, and she didn't know about racism. And she sat on the um, like on the on the bar area, mm -hmm. and she said all she felt was all white people just staring at her, giving her a strange look, and she didn't know. And my grandma ran over there and snatched her up. And she said she never forgot that day. She said she still thinks about it. And, and now, as she, as she got older, she realized what was going on. So it never goes away. No. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate you deciding to come on and talk to me. Anytime. Um, so. I don't know. I'm just really happy that you came on because I, I want people to hear. I know you were like, she's so excited, but I was excited because I wanted people to hear a black man talk about this. Like I, I have no problem saying how I feel, but, and yes, like we've had people like Sandra Bland and Breonna Taylor where black women have been, you know, murdered, but it's just, it's different. What you and I go through, like we're, we're black, but it's, totally different and I can't explain that so that's why I was so excited that you wanted to come on because I wanted different black men to express themselves because all three of you aren't going to feel the same because all three of you have grown up everyone grows up totally different yeah that's true that's very so true I can't I couldn't I didn't want just one black man on here um and then that be it yeah because that's not all it is there's so many layers to this and like even with you three, I still don't feel like I, I have enough to explain what a black man goes through or feels every day. Because I don't think it ever, like, we couldn't have a podcast long enough, I mean, if we talked about it, I guess. That's very true, yeah. It's, every, yeah it's hard to explain. It's a, it's a, 
it's hard. It's one of those things where you just can't explain it. You have to live it. And a lot of people can't do that. So yeah, it's like you got to picture what we go through and, and try to imagine it. And it's very hard to do that. So I never really expect people to understand. I don't really, I'm not the type of person that expect much out of anybody. You know what I mean? I learned that. So either you want to, either you want to try to understand or you don't. And if you don't, then don't, don't come bother to talk to me. Nope. You know what I mean? So, no, my thing is, if you don't want to be about the change, and you don't want to educate yourself, then I would rather you stay silent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. All right. We are going to start and we have Lindsay and Nicole here. Um, I've known Nicole since high school. And I used to run around the city for Lindsay for three years, whatever she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So if you ladies, um, Lindsay, you can go first. If you can just give me your name, your age, your profession, uh, profession and your race. Yeah. I'm Lindsay Syrick. I just turned 35. <laughs> um, and I am a publicist. I have a PR agency and I'm white. Nicole? My name is Nicole Sozi. I am 28 and I am the director of digital marketing and social media at Lily Sadugi and I am also white. Amazing. Okay, so first I've asked everybody this question. Um, everyone has had a different answer. Some people are like, I, I don't even know. There's not one word for it. How did you guys feel um, when you first saw the video of George Floyd? I mean, I think I'll just go first. With someone who deals with anxiety and depression, even when I'm not confronted with this stuff and it's like put to my attention in my face, like I already have feelings about certain things and stuff that's going on in this world. But when I saw this video, my heart dropped. I had just instant anxiety take over my whole body and I, I was at a loss of words. I like don't even have a word. Yeah. I was just picturing yeah. like somewhat like my, like myself, like my, you know, family, like my friends, like if that was like one of them. And then like, I was just, I started thinking about like this, this guy's family and you know, I, all these thoughts in my mind. Yeah. Lindsay. Um, I think it was a ton of emotions. It was like sad and just really angry. It's like enough is enough. Like, yeah, it's, it's just like, it's mad, it's madness to me. It's, I, I think that's, I think that's what I felt most more than anything was just like anger and just like grief for his family and just, yeah. And I think a mixture of just anger and sadness and just like, what's, what's going to happen now? Like what, it's something needs to be done. Like yeah. what? What else? Do we, yeah. How many more names do we need? Yeah, exactly. Um, like I can't see another hashtag. It's, no, there, there's, there should be no more hashtags. Like, no, at all. Also, like it makes, it really like makes everyone because of like what everyone's dealing with and how they need to stay inside, and it like forces people to finally like listen, like you need to take action and you can't just be silent, especially from a brand perspective. You can't just brush it off and think that you don't have a voice and shouldn't voice your opinion and that you can't do something because every person who does, you know, 
put out a video or, you know, how they feel or like donate to this cause. Like, yeah, that does make a difference if everyone actually comes together and, and does something about it. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, one yeah. of the questions I actually had for you guys was one from a brand perspective, but also because, you know, you guys have your, you both run different brands and marketing and PR and things like that, but you guys also have your own platform. So I guess like, how do you, how are you now using not just your, your personal platform, but other platforms that you are in charge of? Yeah. The nice thing about, about my business now is I can, I can pick and choose who I work with. So yeah. a lot of the brands that I work with, um, like my, the one brand I work with, the whole mantra and ethos behind the brand is, is activism and standing up and making a difference. And it's more than just a fashion platform. It's a platform to give people a voice. And um, they do donate 20% of their proceeds um, from all sales and all profit to different causes. And, but I think that pr pressures just need to be put on companies. Pressures need to be put on companies, on media publications. I think, I mean, I don't work strictly in just fashion anymore, but especially in the fashion, like diversity yeah. in the fashion industry is a myth. Yeah, I think it's not happening like it should be. I think like for, there's this one editor that I work with at Essence and she recently posted, it was before any of the protests or anything started happening this weekend. And she posted calling out like some publications on her own Instagram account, like That's amazing. pointing out how advocating for black lives doesn't fit into their social media feed. And you literally saw her update her post because publications are scrambling to post yeah. after that and I think when you take a stand and you speak out I think that that's when change happens and you need to call out people yeah. and you need to hold hold other people responsible and I don't know I just think silence doesn't doesn't make things happen and yeah. I mean I don't care if you're uncomfortable talking about it like if you're more comfortable not talking about it then you're part of the problem yeah. <laughs> like that's I, um, I saw something on Twitter and it, it said for more like more based to influencers. And it was like, if you're concerned that you're gonna, it was basically like, Oh, are you upset that like you don't black lives matter doesn't fit into your, to the brand that you're working for, but it's like, yeah. what brand are you working for the KKK? Like yeah. what, what is the Completely. issue? Here? Yeah. <laughs> Completely. I mean, or even I, like seeing a post and then seeing them like, being an advocate and then the next post is like 20% yeah. off my like tummy tea it's like oh, oh. Yeah. like how no, no. genuine are you yeah yeah definitely um nicole because since you know you you do work for a fashion accessory brand how do you think you know you could use that platform or if you are using it or what other people could be doing I mean, coming from like obviously a brand perspective, something that I've always done and I mean, I'm lucky that I work for such a great boss that has always included all types of races mm -hmm. in our campaigns, throughout our feed, like just making it important, like just making it um, known that we, you know, obviously respect all races. I mean, it's, we're human, you know, like we we're not gonna we're not making accessories for one type of woman like yeah. type of woman. we have people who you know have thin super thin fine hair who wear the headbands because they make it makes them feel like they have you know more hair and they just feel beautiful but then we also have we just did a um 
an influencer campaign where this girl, an African-American girl, she styled the headband three different ways. Um, and people were commenting and we didn't even think about it. Like, oh, we need to go out and find an African-American woman to style our headband. Like, and the people, like everyone was commenting on, on this post saying, thank you so much for like showing um, someone who looks like me on your feed. Yeah. And I'm like, you shouldn't even be thanking us. Like, yeah. this is like, you know, it, it should it be should the norm. Be like, we're just doing this to like, you know, so that people have like examples of how they can style the headbands. Like that wasn't even like our, our initial thought for it. And I'm just like, it just boggles my mind that like people are still like not feeling like they are the brands that they shop with and that they don't feel like that the brands are representing them because yeah. this 2020, like, yeah, it's just crazy that this is still even a thing. Yeah. Um, I guess, Lindsay, you kind of touched upon this, but now you get to pick, you know, who you work with because now you are your boss. But I guess before when you were working for other people, do you think if you were still working for someone else that you would be able to like tell your clients to speak out if they would, if they wouldn't, if they weren't? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to. I think that there's no, I don't think that there's another option. And it feels so like weird right now to even like think about like this morning, I usually post at like 9am and I got on a call with Lily at like, I think it was like 845. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, I'm not posting today. I was like, we need to, you need to like make a video and like finally address everything that's going on. And like, don't worry about like people who are like the haters who are going to comment, like, you know, anything negative, like you, we know what we stand for. And I feel like this needs to be said and anything else is so like not relevant right now. Like it's, mm -hmm. this is what yeah. matters. Yeah. Is, is that something hard to do to, if you had, I guess, planned posts to go out, do you, do you change that? you know, or do, do you keep, yeah, I mean, still posts? Like what, what do you, what, I don't know if there's a right, I mean, I don't know like, yeah. thing to do here. I think that like what's going on now, anything that was a planned post can wait. And like that it's like so minuscule compared to like the change that we can all, you know, come together and, mm -hmm. you know, donate to these causes and really make a difference because there's so many people who don't feel like they have a voice. And for someone who has over, you know, a hundred and something thousand followers as a brand, you're reaching so many different groups of people and then their friends and the word of mouth. And like, these are the platforms that people need to use in order to make a difference because you, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. I'm um, getting like choked up thinking about it because it just like yeah. makes me like so passionate and like. <sighs> no, I trust me, I get it. I've been crying all day. Um, for both of you, both Lindsay, you're in LA and Nicole, you're in New York with the protests mm -hmm. and from it going from peaceful protests to kind of riots and things like that. How are you guys feeling in your cities? Um, um it's again a mixture of emotions like every i feel like every time i see a different video or you're out on the street or it's i mean i think that i think the main thing is like that everyone just needs to remain focused on like the cause of this and like not mm -hmm. the destruction that's being seen as a result i think 
think the reason that led to the chaos that's happening in a lot of cities right now, like that's what needs to be the center of the dialogue. And like, I'm seeing a lot of people like talk about like the commercial damage and, and what have you. And like, yeah, while tragic to see your city like burning and stores being, being like broken windows. And I think, well, it's tragic, like it pales into compare in comparison yeah. to why it's yeah. actually happening. So I think it's just overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like the news really like only shows one side of it. Like yes. there was so many um, posts today that I saw of, you know, I, I think it was, uh, I don't, I don't even, it was a picture of an officer and there was a, a big group in front of him and they were blocking people. They were blocking the protesters from getting to the officer. And like, you're not going to see the news. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. like what kind of like what I'm trying to say is there are bad cops. But there are also good cops. Like there's bad people in every, in every aspect of the world, but there is also good people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I, that the problem with that is that, like, and I've, I've seen this said too, and it's something I, I wholeheartedly believe in, is like, you could have a hundred good cops and one bad cop. If those hundred good cops don't stand up and say something about the bad cop and what the bad cop is doing, yeah. then you have a hundred and one bad cop. Exactly. Like it's a hundred percent. Agreed. That's, yeah. I think, where this, where this disconnect is. I mean, like, where were those cops that were just watching this all go on? Yeah. Like, what the hell is, like, what was going through their minds that they thought, like, this is okay. Like, I'm just going to close my mouth and, like, and let this go on. Like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's, I think that's what it is. It's like, it's, it's like I've said this all today. Like, it was shocking, but yet not shocking in some realm. Like, I was shocked, but was I really shocked? Yeah. Because we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. We literally saw this exact same thing with Eric Garner. Like, the exact same thing. I can't breathe has been said before. That's mm-hmm. not the first time we've heard this. And sadly, I feel like it won't be the last time. So it's just so crazy. Like, I'm not sure what else needs to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I under, when everyone's like, riots isn't right. And they were like, pro, uh, protest peacefully. And it was like, okay, but Colin Kaepernick was protesting peacefully mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you weren't sometimes you need to get mad to accomplish things and i think one of the an even bigger problem with this is like we recently talked a lot of white americans protesting the fact that they have to wear a mask and <laughs> oh my god there's no tear gassing like there's pictures of cops getting screamed at and doing nothing nothing and I think the, the language difference when it's um, a bunch of white people rioting after a sports game or mm-hmm. because they can't wear, because they have to wear a mask, I think. Is, it's, no, it's great. It's, yeah. it's just, it's like sometimes you, there's no more words, honestly. Like that's, yeah. just, it is. It's like, what else can we say? What else can we do? And it's like, when you're also talking to people that don't get it, it's like, I can't even... I don't know how better to explain it to you. Like, I don't understand yeah. what you're missing here. Yeah. 
like I used to be so like back in college when I would see like the Facebook post, I would be like the first to, and honestly, I've had so many friends like, oh my God, did you see? I was like, honestly, I scroll by. I'm like numb to it now. It's like, these are your views. You don't want to be educated. You don't want to. Yeah. So I can't have a conversation. There's no conversation to be had there. You've I have literally like defriended, I think like seven people in the last yeah. two days on Facebook. Cause I am just like, this is like the craziest, like, that the stuff that they're saying, I disagree with so much that I, I couldn't even like fathom to like read it anymore. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I can't even see it. And I, I, don't, even, I don't even have the energy anymore to, to say something to you because what, what am mm -hmm. I doing? Why would I yeah. even be doing it? For you to come back and be like, no, but no. Okay, then you don't want to know and you don't care. Right. So it's just, ah, it's crazy. Um, we touched on this already, the scheduled post, but I guess what else could brands be doing, I guess, besides posting? I think donating. I think, I know a lot of um, my friends are in the music industry here in LA and they're, uh, they're doing a, a complete like blackout of business on Tuesday and not like, emails, any calls, any anything. I think Spotify, they're trying to get behind that too and just like no music. Yeah. I mean, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's more than even just brands. It's like everyone, I think everyone just like, also, especially like speaking for, for as a white woman and for like my white friends and family members. And I think it's just important to like, just listen and like, yeah, I think the weight of words is heavy and like you need to speak up and you need to get uncomfortable but more importantly like you need to listen and like you said like you need to educate yourself and like yeah don't make this about you like mm -hmm. if I hear one more like well my uncle is black or I date yeah. black men from one of my white friends I'm going to lose my damn mind like this isn't about you and it's yeah. always been about you and that's a problem and I feel like Yes. And assuming and stop generalizing experiences and like stop talking and just like start listening. And I mean, I have black friends, colleagues, family, but I, I'll never know what it feels like to be like scared for my life to like go for a jog or get pulled over for a routine like traffic check or just doing things every single day that as a human being I should be able to do without fear of dying because yeah. of yeah. and and. 100 percent it's frustrating no i agree it's it yeah it's just frustrating and i don't like when anyone comes back with like oh but and like there's no buts yeah just, mm -hmm. just take it. and like i've mentioned this before i just finished reading untamed by glennon doyle and she kind of was speaking from a white woman's perspective and she was like listen don't get defensive if someone corrects you like no we learn from it Completely. It's not them saying they don't want your help. They're just correcting you. But you can't get mad and be like, well, at least I'm here. At least yeah. I'm like trying. It's yeah. like, no, I appreciate you trying. I'm just trying to help you get better. Mm -hmm. Right. And like stop just feeling bad and then scrolling to the next post. Like I feel like, and it, like what brands can be doing and just people can be doing, like encourage black leadership, support black owned businesses in our communities and like, call out racist behavior at the very least when you see it. I think 
I don't know. And the whole like, sorry, I'm like venting now. (laughs) Like I don't, like I don't see color from like a lot of my white friends. Like you need to see it. Like you aren't anti-racist for not seeing color. You're you're ignorant. And I think it's just like, like, I don't know. Especially like, yeah, if you say that and you're a brand and like, okay, well then you need to have a full campaign for each race. Like I make sure that, you know, if we have done like for one of our, like our holiday campaign, it was a a Spanish girl. Okay. So the next, next campaign cannot be, you know, it has to be different and like all different races and we have to represent every woman because guess what we're a women women's accessory company we're not a white, a woman white woman's accessories company <laughs> like yeah. we, we represent all women so we need to do that in our campaigns yeah right using your platform as a means for good yes promoting other people to donate and promoting education and educate yourself and your children and your family and your friends and vote these dumpster humans out of positions of power agree agree yeah um besides what you guys are already doing do you think you could be doing more I, I mean I know I could and this was my first step of doing more and if you could do more what what would that be I think that we all need to be doing you know more you always yeah. need to be learning and growing um something that we I literally put on our website, I worked with Lily all morning on putting on our website is all of the charitable initiatives that we have been doing for the past year. But then we also have a a comment box that you can submit different organizations and uh, you know research foundations that you feel strongly about and send them to us because we always need to be growing and learning about other organizations so that we yeah. can you know, help them. So if, if we're, they're not brought to our attentions and we're not learning about them, like, what are we doing really, you know? Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I 100% could be doing more. Like you said, Nicole, I think every, everyone can everyone and can. Every, everyone should. And I think that's a big part of like, like educating myself more. And like, I mean, this isn't something new, sadly, like racism is going on for hundreds of years and yeah. it's just been like swept under the rug and like put into the highest of government and it's I think educating yourself and educating yourself on what you can be do, on what you can do to be doing more and I think it's funny because my one friend Donald like said something the other day and he's like well I appreciate all of my white friends wanting to be an ally like stop DMing me for, <laughs> for like what to do and like to like what should I be learning and what should I like go out and educate yourself. I mean, mean, there's plenty of things that you can do. I mean, even just like, I don't know. I think like a perfect example of this is one of my friends who's an editor. Her name is Tyler McCall. She's the deputy editor of Fashionista. Mm -hmm. She has been, you know, she's trying to find ways on how she can better educate herself. And I think she's ordered like 25 books on, you know, like what's going on and, you know, written by, African-Americans and just educating herself. And I think that's so great that she is making that um, an initiative for herself. Which is amazing. Um, That's that's actually amazing. And that's, I mean, listen, no one is saying everyone needs to be an activist. No one is saying, you know, I need you. I would like you next to me marching, but if you can, I understand that, but just try. Mm -hmm. Right. 
try to do better. I think not or, worrying or about being to, uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Or even like donate to an organization that if you want to be like silent or, you know, not be vocal about things, like you can still donate to organizations that will be, you know, active and in, in doing so. Agreed. Um, just to wrap us all up, ladies, do you consider yourself an ally? And if you do, how could you help other white women, white people just understand how to be an ally? I do. I think, and I think, yeah. oh, go ahead, Nicole. No, you can go ahead first. It's, it's fine. Um, I do consider myself. And I think just for a lot of the, the reasons I just said, I think talking to my other white friends too, and talking to my family members and whether we have differing opinions or not, I think just trying to explain the whole, like, what they can do to educate themselves. Because I mean, like you said, Nicole, like your one friend that ordered a like 25 different books, like there's so much out there now, like looking through social that people posting, like, this is what you should watch. This is what you should read. There's like, kind yeah. of no excuse anymore. Yeah, I think there's no excuse. That is gonna, cause, I mean, if you can educate yourself on like all of this that's happening and how long it's been happening and what's been going on, then like, if that can't change your mind, then I don't know, you're hopeless. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, that's like so true. Like it's, it's 2020. Like it, how do you, like, you have to think about like also like future generations. Like how do you, how do you want your, you know, your kids to be in X amount of years, like dealing, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like, come on, we have to think about like, yeah, obviously the present, but also like the future. Like, yeah. yeah. And just, like I said, she's just listening and like, supporting ideas that maybe you don't even understand I think is yeah. important yeah if you're not part of I I saw this quote and it was like if you're not a part of the conversation then you're technically part of the problem so yeah. we yeah. need to be having these conversations all the time and it shouldn't just be when something like this happens it should just be always always I think yeah that's a thing and in my intro to this episode I even talked about and I said you know I could be doing more also with my privilege as a light-skinned black woman, you know, I, I have a duty and I haven't been using it and I haven't been doing what I should be doing, especially with my white friends. Cause I, technically, I, when I look at like my group of friends, I have more white friends than black friends. And I should, there's no reason why I should be afraid or feel like I don't want to talk about it. Cause I don't know how they feel. Like if I don't know how you feel about me, then that's a big issue. And I'm also part of the problem. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely recognized that just in myself before I could judge anybody. I have to fix myself and use my own privilege and my own platform to make sure that you're understanding what's happening and you're informed. So definitely. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. That's it. Yeah. Well, thank you ladies so much. I truly, I appreciate both of you for doing this because I can, as white women, you know, it's not, it's not a comfortable thing to, for me as a black woman, it's not even comfortable. So I can't imagine for you guys, if, like you said, you, you have no idea what it feels like. So for you guys to want to come out and do this and just open up and be honest with me really means a lot. And I appreciate you both. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, everyone. I am with my last guest, Sami. Thank you for coming on. Um, 
Sammy and I went to high school together, and this is your first time on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me, too. No, of course. Thank you for coming on. Um, so if you could just tell everybody your name, your age, your race, and your profession. Okay. Uh, my name is Sami. Uh, my age, I'm 27 years old. You should uh, think about your age, but okay. First of all, you don't know if I'm going to lie to the people. No, let me just... <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I'm 27 years old. I am a Nigerian American man uh, of Nigerian descent, born in New Jersey. Uh, and I am a writer by profession, amongst other things, but I'm a screenwriter and uh, TV and film writer. Nice. Um, I asked everybody this just to start, just to get a feel. Um, how did you feel when you saw the video of George Floyd? And I know there's not one feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, you know what the first thing popped in my head? I was like, they're not going to show this. Mm. I was like, they're going to, I literally felt like it was a movie. Like, yeah. I was like, no, oh, is this a movie? Like, they're not going to show this on Instagram. Like, they're going to cut it. Yeah. I might have to go to YouTube to watch it. They find the like, full thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but nah. They, they, they didn't. No. That was my initial response. And then, of course, after that, it was just like a mixture of anger, a mixture of just confusion, a mixture of just like, really, honestly, the biggest thing was probably confusion because yeah. when I watch videos, being working in film, like I, I try to see everything. So yeah. I'm listening to the comments of the people who are on the street. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to the, another officer trying to calm people down. And like the stuff that was being said was just wild. And all that time that you're hearing these side conversations, the camera is just focused on him and you see him losing life more and more and more by the by the minute, by the second. And it was just, yeah. I was rough, honestly. Even now, like I, I haven't, initially I, I didn't want to watch the video. I, I didn't watch the video until maybe two days later. I, have, I still haven't seen the full video. Don't watch it. I, I'll tell you the same thing I told my mother, do not watch it don't watch it like I, I haven't watched it again because I'm like I can't I can't I, I can't condition myself to make that be normal you know what I mean yeah to be no I told someone like when I was watching it it's like because we've seen it so many times mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. not that I don't have any emotion it's more like I'm just numb yeah exactly exactly like my first initial like I think I was crying so much today because I didn't cry when I first watched it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly because it's like you're shocked. I, I did, I did, but it was only after like I sat with it for a little bit. Exactly, yeah. And you mm -hmm. sat and you thought about it. And someone that I just had on before, we were talking about why this this specific one feels different. Mm -hmm. And he yeah, had yeah. said, because we're all home. You know, usually we see these, we're at work, we're moving around, we're not, we, yeah. we don't have time to actually process like, Right. Like we know it's wrong, but we've never been just home, sitting and thinking about it. Right. They were like, because the, this happened, but it was more like the next day where there was the outrage because you got to sit with it mm -hmm. and think mm -hmm. about it to be like, okay, what did I just watch? Right, exactly, exactly. I, I, think, I think that definitely plays into it. Um, I think what also plays into it is like, the time, because I was talking to my mother about this earlier, like the time that it happened, mm -hmm. in, in terms of just the time in history where yes, quarantine, but also uh, just 
the, the time where people feel more outspoken than ever before to just say what they want, do what they want. It is what it is. And then also like the the way that he died as well of like, yes, of course we think back to Eric Garner of like, I can't breathe. That's where the, the, the disgusting slogan started. Yeah. But, but even with that, with this, I don't know why it felt different in terms of like, there's no reason to have your knee on his neck. At least with Eric Garner, it was like still wrong, still deserved pr- prison. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a great question. What is the psychology behind why did this one hit a little different? Yeah, I've been, I've said that to everyone I've um, talked to today. And I was like, you know, it's just something. And I, it's not taking away from anyone else, any of not, the hundreds not, of names. Not at all. And anybody who thinks so, they don't care about the issue in the first no, place. No, it's more just like, this just feels different. And I can't put a word to it. I can't explain why it feels different. I don't know if we're tired. Mm-hmm. Like, as I said, like, we feel numb to it. Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe, it maybe like, it's because when we saw it, we knew the uh, the reaction that was going to come yeah. before yeah. we even looked for a reaction. We, we already knew that he wasn't going to. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know what it is, but something about this, I feel bad for my, because I did so many interviews, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it feels like there was just a shift with this one. Yeah. Like, because we literally just had, at the beginning of the month, Ahmad and Brianna. Yeah, and we didn't have not that we didn't have the same outrage, but if I'm explaining it right, if you know what I mean, but yeah, it's like, I'm so I'm so this for some reason it's just I don't know if we're done. Like enough is enough. Uh, I I don't know how to explain it, and that's what I've I've just literally been reading myself all day. Like I can't explain it, but it feels yeah, different. Yeah, I think with Ahmad because it wasn't done by the police, it it was a different level that's of true. hurt. Yeah, with Brianna, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's a great question. It's just, I don't know what it is about this. And again, it doesn't make their lives less important or less impactful. The sad part is you shouldn't even have to say that. Yeah. And the fact that you have to even quanti- quanti- quantify it yeah. is is wild in the first place. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so you're in LA now. I am, yeah. You're down West Coast. Um, so you guys had protests yesterday for the last two days and they just put a uh, a curfew, an 8 p.m. curfew, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know how long it's gonna last and I don't even know if it's gonna work, but yeah. Did you go to any? Um, nah, now. Can I ask why? Yeah, no. I've never been, I'm not like judging, I'm just that, I'm just asking. <laughs> no, I'm with it, I'm with it. I didn't go to any of the protests because I, I I try to be as solution-based as possible. Okay. I feel like, and we can, here's the thing. How deep do you want to go in this conversation? Deep. No, I want okay. you to be right. 100% okay. honest. All right, let's, then let's wrap then. Okay. I, I, I didn't go because I'm someone who I try to be, I try, mind you, I'm not a perfect man. I try to be as solution-based as possible. Mm-hmm. And I believe that those protests, be even if it's peaceful, we're not even going to get to looting yet, no. is not solution-based. And while I understand and I, I, I stand with the people's pain that go, mm-hmm. I also want to say, hey, bro, like, are we doing this to show them that we're angry or to get a solution? Because the, they already know that we're angry. They've already shown that they don't care. And mind you, when I say they, I'm not saying white people. I'm saying hateful people. 
So they've already shown that they don't care. So you think they don't know that you're angry? You think you protesting is gonna then show them? Nah, I believe in solution-based things. So I'm not about to be up there and be protesting. And then, then you say, even out there during protesting, even if it's a peaceful protest, you say I look threatening. And now I'm calling for bail money. Like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about to play that game on. That's my thing. Yeah, no. Now, it doesn't mean I, I negate people who do go. No, I understand. Yeah. But what I'll say is, let's talk about the solution. And, and I feel that there are solutions outside of that, without question. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you bring up bail because I remember I was in the city when going to school. Fendi, come on. Fendi! <laughs> I miss Fendi. Fendi, how are you living? What's hey, up? Fendi. He's been so good this entire time. Fendi. Um, so I remember when I was at Pace, Cameron was in the city too at NYU. Yeah, okay. And the Black Lives Matter um, protests were always happening. There was one in Union Square. And I, I wanted to go. There was a part of me that wanted to go. And I remember us texting. And it's yeah. just, you know, one, we were younger too, but it was like, I was like, I really want to go. Like, I want to support. He was like, yeah, I do too. I was like, but I heard there are arresting people out there. I was like, I can't. <laughs> no, I got work on Monday. And then I was like, I got class yeah. in the morning. <laughs> but it's right. like, it's like a part of you that wants to be out there. And you're out there like mm -hmm. spirit, but there, everybody can't be out there. It's not, for, that's not everybody's realm. Well, well, no, I, I disagree with that. I think if we, if we have been able to prove that solution comes from it, I think everybody should be out there. Okay, I, okay, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a, a believer. If I see that it's working, oh, I'm going to be on the front I'm line. Good. Okay. You feel me? But, like, but I'm not going to be on the way it's been where it's just so, like... So you could, you could put it on your, your Instagram story, your Snap story, and be taking selfies as if that's what's... Like, why are we out here? That's my thing. Yeah. And, and I think that's what's made this so nasty, is that a murder has become political. So now it's like CNN is showing what they want to show and then um, the opposition or, or, or people's perceived opposition is showing what they want to show mm -hmm. rather than just saying, oh no, this was, this was wrong. <laughs> like, okay, next, like this should be a next, how do we fix this? Not, oh, like literally over the last couple of days, we've been arguing about looting yeah. and, we've even, and people haven't even been saying George Floyd's name. Nope. I know people who have said, wait, the people that are, half the people that are here peaceful protesting aren't even from here. You came, you live in Bakersfield or you live in, and yeah. you came to downtown LA to break stuff and steal from the Gucci store? Come on, son. Like, like, where do, what do, what do we, I, I'm not going to stand up for what I don't believe in, but I'll stand up for something. So that, like, how, how can this be, this shouldn't even be a political thing. It's not a political thing. They, but they've made it one, which is crazy. I guess, like, also, how do you feel being in LA right now? Do you think there's going to be a change? Uh, <laughs> a change in what? Exactly. I guess just the, like, just for this realm of, like, I don't know if you've been outside because I know, I mean, I'm not even in New York anymore. So I don't even know what, right. you know, what it feels like to walk outside during something like this. I, like, I remember yeah. when I lived there and the election happened, like, I felt that. Like, when, you, yeah. when I walked outside the next day, it felt different. Everyone mm -hmm. thinks I'm dramatic and I think that I, I am. But when I tell you, when I woke up after the election, you could have heard a pin drop in New York. Right. 
right, right, right. That, like when I, when I went to work the next morning. So like things like that, I feel like it, it just changes the city. Yeah, no, it has. So it, it do, that's has. what I'm saying. Like if you, I don't, again, we're all still, still in a pandemic. So I don't know if you've been outside or if you. I, I have, but, but even, even, even prior to this, I'm very, very tactful. I try to be tactful in where I'm at and what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, because anything can happen like we've seen in Minnesota, but um, I've been out there. Have things been different? Yeah. Now that's based off the little bit that I've seen. Like I said, okay. I'm mainly in my crib. I don't need to be out and about. Yeah. I work from home. So like, I don't need to be, you mm-hmm. know, so, yeah. um, but I have, I have what, what I've filled with the time that I'm not out there is talking to a lot of people. I've spoken to a lot of people. I've spoken to people back East in DC where I lived at one point, or Maryland, I lived at one point in the South, in Atlanta. Like I, I, I like to, you know me, so I, I like to hear what people think. I like to hear yeah. what's going on. So have conversation. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, now nah, things are definitely different though. Cause like there's feds on, excuse me, there's police on every corner now kind of looking for you to, to act to up. Like, it, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay. And then, you know, I'm not even getting into that, but yeah, you know no, what I mean? What you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, with, I guess, having conversation, are the conversations that you're having with your Black friends, which are I think I'm having them, are you okay. having also that same conversations with non-Black friends? I'm having conversations with everybody. Something that I've always done. That doesn't change yeah. because something like this happens. Yeah, um, I understand that's not the case for everybody, but I'm having conversations. Well, well, I think my question is, is the conversation different, I guess? Yeah, without question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, so my conversations with Black people have consisted of either us not trying to talk about it, mm-hmm. and like it being obvious that we're not trying to talk about it, Yeah. or, or us only talking about it, and you can barely speak. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Now, my conversation with non-black people has been, honestly, and, and I think it speaks to, you You really learn who you surrounded yourself with when stuff like this happened. Yeah. Right? When, when prior to this happening, you learn who you surround yourself with. Because honestly, all the conversations with the, with the non-black people that I've had in, during this week have been conversations of them being more willing to talk about it than me. Yeah. Me kind of being like, ah, I don't even know where they stand. Then they're like, hey, how you doing? Um, what what happened was gross. This is crazy. To where I'm like, yo, like, I know we didn't, we haven't even talked about racial stuff prior to this, but like, thank you for for even considering me. I, I had my coworker. She hit me up, and she's of, uh, I'll say Asian descent. I want, I, I don't want to butcher exactly which country she's from, yeah. but of Asian descent. And she was the first one to hit me up. Yo, this is gross. This is disgusting. How you feeling? Can I bring you in? I said, dang, okay. Like, I rock with you, Michelle. Like, yeah, that's amazing. I, I, I never would have thought because we never got to the point where we had to be talking like that. But the fact that you step up when it's, when it's time, that's great. So all the conversations I've had have been honestly good Okay. for the most part. Um, that doesn't mean I negate the conversations that I know are happening outside i've seen all the time like oh you have to realize i work for well should, should i even say uh i work for a tv show that is actually about 
um, it's 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 a uh, it's nonfiction. Okay. I don't want to say the name because I just don't want to make it hot. It's no, a nonfictional biopic about black culture. So it's a biopic. So yeah. our writers' room is stacked with people who not are all black, but at least people who can hold a conversation and say, "Yo, what happened was wrong." Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Because um, then that would be even crazier if the people who are writing the the, the black biopic show. Hmm. The ones saying, oh, I don't see any issue with it. Wait, time up. <laughs> yeah. Wait, time up, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, you know. Um, so you touched on something saying, like, you know, with your coworker, we've never had this race conversation before. Mm-hmm. And I talked about that in my intro, and I basically said, you know, like, for all of my non-Black friends, I blame myself for not bringing up race more, because that's my mm-hmm. duty to start this conversation. Do you think we should be starting conversations more frequently, not because this is happening, just mm-hmm. because with um, our black friends or non-black coworkers, like. Yeah, no, I feel you. I think, I think yes and no. Why no? I think yes, because you should, and no, because you shouldn't have to. Meaning. That's not meaning my job, that, yeah. Right, this is a, what happened in Minneapolis is a human issue, not a black issue. Yeah. Meaning, as long as you don't hate me, there should be no reason for you to say, I don't see the big deal. It's not until you, I can identify, oh, you hate me. It's then where you say, oh, that, why, why, what do you mean you hate me? Why? No, there's no further conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. So why I, I'm saying no is not because I don't believe we're called to educate. I'm more so saying, if you see a black guy that's into certain things, understand that he's a black guy that's into certain things. It doesn't take away from his blackness. If you see a black woman that's into certain things, she's black regardless. And you should assume that they should want to see their people not elevated above others, just treated equally. Yeah. Not elevated, I don't believe, and that's why I'd be careful with the the term pro-black. I am for black issues for us to gain equality, but I'm not here saying we should be above anybody. Just all I'm asking for is equality. That's it. I, I want you to see that I'm a black man. I just don't want you to judge me because I'm a black man. No, no, see that I'm black. I'm, it's not a sin for me to be black. It's not no. a crime. But that's the thing. They don't want to see because they want to use that as a as a as a thing. No, I don't. I don't see. Yeah. Okay, well, unless you're a dog, you don't see black and white. <laughs> Shout out, Fendi. <laughs> no, nah, I, I feel you. No, nah, nah, that, that's real. That's Let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not that's calling you racist, but you see, you get, you have to see in color. We all see in color. Life is yeah, not. Like you should see color. You should see color, and 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 not use that as a crutch or something to say, "Oh, poor baby." But you to say, "Okay, I see that based off of this pe- the the history of your people, certain things come into play that I may not be privy to, and that's fine." How, I mean, I don't even know how you, it's a hard question to ask because I asked this to my last guest. What does it feel like to be a black man in America? Because even though I'm still black, I'm a woman and what we go through are two <laughs> totally different things. Oof, okay. I think, <laughs> the, yeah, that's it. That's that's I know it's hard to answer, yeah. but a layered question but okay i think and this is my opinion i want to be clear i'm also not for 
people hearing one black person speak and, and think that speaks for everybody. It's not, yeah. we're not a monolithic, you know what I mean? It's and before you answer, I would just like to say, that is the reason I had so many people on. I had mm -hmm. another black man on. Your yeah. answer could be totally different than his. I had two white people on. I had an Asian girl on. I had two black girls on. Everyone, we are not, no, none of us, no matter what race, we are not all the same. Everyone has their own opinions and their own thoughts. Right, right. And that's, so that's why I've been asking certain people of same race is similar questions. And I've been making you guys say your, like your race, how old you are and things like that, because you have to see what perspective someone's coming from. We all don't think the same. Exactly. exactly. So please continue. Uh, and I appreciate you doing that. Um, now to answer your question of how does it feel to be a black man, specifically man, I'll say this. It feels like you're called to be the strongest docile person possible. Mm -hmm. Meaning that because you're a man, you're still called to be strong, but because you're a black man, you don't want to make people feel uncomfortable by showing too much strength or else now you're a threat rather than you're something aggressive. Up, you know? Yeah. Um, like I can't tell you how many times that even subconsciously you learn ways to like dumb yourself down or or find a way to make yourself look less threatening for the perspective and, and safety of the room or mm -hmm. the environment, right? So if someone else yells, but if I yell, it could go like this. So let me just chill. But let yeah. me just you know, so it's like you're constantly knowing that you have the ability to do stuff and make change, but also you don't wanna the delivery always matters the most because I don't want to say it in a way that's no longer digestible as a black man. That's how I feel it is. Yeah. You know? um, Cause it's not like they, they don't see that we are talented, smart individuals. A lot of the stuff that the world, forget America, the world consumes as a whole comes from black minds and black thought leaders. So yeah. it's not like they don't know we're capable of, hey, but don't, don't, yell, don't yell the truth or something too loudly or else now it's a lie or whatever the, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. That's how I, I know what you mean. No, that's, mm. well, also, as a Black man, I guess, what do you want from other people? Like, what can other people do that want to be a part, be an ally, be yeah. a part of the change? What can they do? I'm going to, oof. <laughs> What's the solution is what you're saying? Or what can they do? To... I mean, listen, who knows if we'll ever find a solution, but mm. more like, and again, everyone wants different things, but what do you, I guess more like from your non-Black friends, what does okay. showing up mean for you? Okay, specifically from, okay. I think, you know what? I think, um, and I'll, I'll break it into two. Yeah, I think can. for my non-Black friends or even people who are looking to do something, I would say, for me, it just honestly starts with just acknowledgement, right? Of that something was done that was wrong. Even if, and, and, and even if it was a black officer that did that to George Floyd, I'd still want you to acknowledge that this was wrong. Um, and acknowledgement of just like, okay, we may not see um, things clearly because you have a different background, but I'm willing to at least just listen. That's all. Um, I'm not saying, and I, I don't like when, when black people say like, you know, like I'm not asking, I'm, honestly, I'm not even asking you to speak for me. 
I'm just asking you, don't shush me when I'm ready to speak. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not yeah. asking you for because I understand. I can have opinions on women, but I'm not here to speak for women. I don't know. Yeah. So you can have opinions to, to support, but just just be willing to support me when I'm ready to speak. But don't. I'm not asking you to speak for me. Just understand that I do have something to say, and I I feel literally how you feel and the stuff that would hurt you is the same stuff that hurts me. Yeah. So don't, don't try to make it like different when you're, when your family member dies and my family member dies, we're both hurting. So in that same way, when you feel like you're disrespected in the public view, I feel the same way, you know? Yeah. Out, out to my black people. And I know you didn't necessarily ask it, but I do want to address it. Address it. I'll say, I hear you, and after this, if they don't hear us, that's saying something. Mm-hmm. That being said, the only, I feel the only solution to this is faith and financial freedom at the end of the day. So, and this is not a, a pat on the back to be like, oh, just, just trusting God, and that's all right, you know, chin up, just trusting God. No, I, I don't say that because it's a, it's it, to appease you. I'm saying everything else that we've tried, the only things that have worked are two things. Mm-hmm. Unconditional love and financial freedom. Meaning, okay, okay, you're going to show me that you openly disrespect me? All right, we're not going to spend money here anymore. Yeah. I, I guarantee you either things will change or that business will plummet because at the end of the day, the black dollar is, I believe it's the strongest in the world and uh, sorry, in the country and one of the strongest in the world in terms of our spending power, what we choose to put our money behind, what we do. We're literally keeping companies afloat based off of what black people choose to invest in and, and purchase. And that's not a bad thing. I think that's, that's a powerful thing. So it's like, if you're not willing to you, you looting the Gucci store is not going to stop Gucci from doing what it does and selling what it does. You yeah. choosing not to spend your money at Gucci anymore, that's going to make them say, oh, dang, okay, all right. I'm sorry, chill, chill, chill. All right, let's talk about this, right? So, yeah. and then now faith, now I understand that, you know, I'm a man of faith and not everybody's on that way, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. But this time more than ever has shown me like, yo, honestly, unconditional love is the only thing that's going to make me feel better. Cause it's not going to be someone sorry. Cause they're not going to say, they're not going to say sorry. No. So how can I teach myself to love them in spite of their ignorance, in spite of their hate? It's only going to be for me. That's through Jesus Christ. For me. I know everybody says, Oh, well, that's for me. Yeah. You can uh, speak for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. I can only speak for me. So it's like, cause you're not going to, if someone hates you, they hate you. And the only way like that's going to change is either they choose to change or they die. That's it. So <laughs> all you can do is what you can do and then either hate them or, or pray for them. And it's like hating them is not going to fix your situation. So that, that's just, that's just me. Now it doesn't negate the pain that I feel and this whole ideology of unconditional love like Jesus is something I am working towards. I'm not saying I'm there yet. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, I know I'm not there yet. And it's, hey, that's a whole nother conversation. But I feel like that's the only way, because when we loot, it doesn't help. When we, uh, peaceful, pro- this made me think back to Colin Kaepernick, like, 
we, we did that. That that happened. Yeah. Happened. Though, though, though I don't it, agree with it everything. It was being disrespectful. It was literally yeah. disrespectful. Bruh, bruh, don't even get me started. <laughs> though I don't agree with everything Colin did after kneeling, the act of kneeling itself as a, postal, a peaceful protest on a platform that you earned, he didn't steal the platform of being the quarterback of the 49ers. He earned that platform. And even that was demonized. I said, nah. They don't want. They don't care about no peaceful protest. They're gonna laugh at you and keep it moving. So, are we looking for solutions? That's my point. Yeah. Wow. Everybody has had so many words today. I love it. So nice. I, I, literally, it's because I just got out of a conversation before I started rapping to you, oh. and so I'm I'm on go. But <laughs> hey, it is what it is. I know, actually, let's talk about you. How are you feeling? Because you you've been talked at this whole day, but like, how are you feeling? Honestly, I think I, I'm at a loss for words. And I think that's why I did this because I, I can honestly say that I don't feel like I'm educated enough. I feel like I don't know the right thing to say. So I wanted to use my platform to bring other people on mm, to yeah. talk about how we feel. Cause I think everyone, one, a lot of people are scared. And I think that's another thing. Everyone thinks you have to be this activist or you need to know exactly what to say and that's not what, as a black woman, what I'm asking for you, from you, I think you said it, like, I'm just asking for you to acknowledge it and let me know that you're aware that this is happening. And, and then not play a part in it as well. Exactly. That's what I was saying, but yeah. And for me, I felt strongly about it, one, because I do have this platform and I felt like all week I was talking about people's silence and things like that. And it's funny because you saw my post later and I first posted like, oh, I don't think I'm going to do a podcast. Like, I don't feel right about it. And you were like, no, you should still do mm -hmm. one. And yeah. I'm not kidding. Like, you just saw it later. But it was like I sat for an hour and I was like, no, I need to do yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. a podcast because that doesn't make me any better than the people I'm calling out. I literally have my own platform that I could talk on exactly. yeah. to use, bring other people on to talk about. I could I could not talk about the housewives for a week. I, I'll be okay. I think I'll be okay. Yeah, I like, hey, bring me on and talk about that too. What's up? No, no. I mean, listen, and that's what like in my intro I was like, listen, I I, I still love that. That's not me saying like yeah, yeah, now yeah. I'm totally like only going to talk about this. But then I'm also I'm also excited that I did this and happy that I did this and maybe I brought something else that I can add to my podcast. You understand priorities. And it doesn't have to be, and like, I don't, I've never considered myself a one round person. I enjoy reading. I read like two books a year. I am into politics. I've watched the news, but I also like, for some reason, I enjoy watching the Kardashians eat a salad. Yeah. I, I like watching white women fight over Prada bags. I, that, I enjoy it. It's my guilty pleasure. And I think we've all been. I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. Wait, I have a question. I have a question. Wait, I have a question. Do you think that you like watching that stuff? Because while the media is ways to make us look crazy, reality TV is ways that make non-black people look crazy? Yes, because I don't watch Love and Hip Hop. Ah, that's interesting to me. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll see if I see clips on like Instagram or something, I'll watch it. I do not give it viewership. But do you realize, do you, and, and I like, okay, do you realize that, and this is my issue with 
my issue with how outside viewers perceive blackness, because then it makes other people have to perceive black blackness in another way as well. What I mean by that is this. Do you realize that other people, people that look like us can look at you and be like, oh, she's either a sellout or she doesn't have our priorities straight because all she's watching are these non-black people go crazy. When in reality, your reason behind it is like, oh no, that's not because I'm supporting what they're doing. I'm more so saying, look at this crazy. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I still watch Real Housewives of Atlanta, which is predominantly black. Yeah. But they also have money and I enjoy that they get that platform. But mm-hmm. I've also, as I've become a watcher, I have realized, and they also have Housewives, that they just started Housewives of Potomac. And I'm here, I'm here in uh, Maryland. Yeah, and it's really good too. Um, and it's, I love when I talk to people about Housewives, they're like, oh my God, I watch Housewives too. And like, I was like, yeah, I watch all of them. And they're like, yeah, I can't do like Atlanta and Potomac. Why can't you do it? Hmm. And that's all they said. I can't, I can't do that. I, I've heard vice versa. I've heard I only watch Atlanta. This, no, I'm, saying from, from, I'm saying from non-black people. I'm saying mm-hmm. from non-black people. No, yeah. No, there's both. I've heard white people tell me they only watch like I love Atlanta and Potomac, and then there's the other. Oh, yeah, you want to you want to be able to see you want to see the the I hate to say it like this. <laughs> I'm more so speaking on the mentality, not what these people actually are, mm-hmm. what these reality stars actually are. But you want to see the animals behind the cage. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to Atlanta and actually have to experience the blackness of Atlanta. I can oh, just watch the show. And oh, this must be how all black people act because this is how Nini is is acting. Like yeah. that's not how it is. Uh-huh. But yeah, I just wanted to ask. I know it's off topic, but no, no, it's not. It's not. Um, I've got. I've enjoyed the little few times I got to lighten it up with my Bravo talk, so that's fine. But uh-huh. no, I, I don't know. I did this just because it felt wrong to do to not do an episode, and yeah. I am a black woman, and I feel like I have. That's a- right. And I said You're it when very me, me and her talked about it. And it's like, I also am a light-skinned Black woman. And I have a privilege that I should use. How do you feel about that? I've always felt defensive about it. Okay. I hate the question when I'm first seeing, oh, you have to be mixed. Why do, why do I have to be mixed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that mean? I can't have straight hair and I can't be, which I am, which is not the thing, but it's like, why is that your friend? So there are times where like, if people say it to me, I'm like, no, I'm black. Just to get them off you. Yeah. Just no. Because like, how dare you? Yeah. 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 And I, and it's even, and black people do it too. And I'm just as equally offended. I just, so. that, that's interesting. I think, thank you for sharing. I think that's interesting that like, you can even identify that you were defensive first until you were willing to actually have the conversations that mattered. Yeah. And maybe in that same way, when white privilege is brought up, and I want to be clear, at least for me, I don't go around bringing it up, but if it's a conversation, I'm willing to have it. Yeah. When white privilege is brought up, please understand, no one's saying you are evil for having white privilege, because you didn't, it's not like you stole the white privilege or you were trying to earn it. It was given to you. Mm-hmm. So I'm not necessarily gonna, it's like food, right? If we're both hungry and I just miraculously get some food, 
I'm not mad at you for getting food. I'm more mad at you for not sharing it with me. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So it's like, no, I can't be mad at you for being given something that you didn't, you know, it was given to you. Now, if we say, okay, am I mad at the system for just giving it to you because it's you? That's a different conversation. Exactly. But individually, I'm not mad at you for being given something. It's not your fault. All I'm asking is that once you realize you were given something, be willing to talk about it, acknowledge it, and accept that other people want that same thing that you were given that you didn't work for. For yeah. you. Not saying people who have white privilege don't work hard. No. Contrary. Well, that's your thing. Your favorite yeah. someone else I talked to they gave the um explanation, you know, when you do bring it up, you get that one right. They're like, I grew up poor. Like I, I didn't have any money. And it's like, no, you're missing. No, good, good, no, no, good for you. <laughs> it's like, you're missing yeah. the point. You're missing yeah. the point, Karen. You're missing the point. Like, we're not. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, that's just a, just a thought. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and being open to do this. And that wraps it up for this episode of Jainalism. I hope that this was informative. I hope you feel more educated. I also hope that you go out into the world and you do better and that you are better. Educate yourselves, donate, support Black businesses, talk to your Black friends, and just really change, guys. I mean, I I don't know how much I have to say that, but I don't just want it to be this podcast and then you say, oh, I learned a lot, and then nothing changes. Please be the change and do better so that we have a better world for our future children. Thank you.